0: Hello, I'm Jeff Lester, and welcome to Wait, What? The Comics and Pop Culture Podcast, coming to you from the not-so-solitary fortress. That is WaitWhatPodcast.com. Today, Graham McMillan and I return for the fifth podcast in five weeks to give you a pre-SDCC mix of meandering memory, agreeable disagreements, and punchy... Sit back for the next two and a half hours as we discuss Dark Days, the casting, the amazing City of the Dam storyline collected in Judge Dredd, the Complete Case Files, Volume 8, Rocket Number 3, the official handbook of the Marvel Universe, the most reliable creators of Image as compiled by most unreliable us, and much, much more. Show notes are available at whatpodcast.com Leave us comments and questions at waitwhatpodcast at gmail.com and we invite you to look out for us on Twitter, Tumblr, and Patreon. As always, we hope you enjoy and thank you for listening.
1: Jeff Laster. Graham McMillan. Hello. That was, that was almost plaintive. It was, wasn't it? Graham McMillan. Hey. <laughs> hey everyone. Hey. Welcome to Mellow with Whatever.
0: That would be Great. I'd be so on top of that. I don't think we'd make it more than twenty minutes without everyone abandoning us because I it would be even harder for me to get to the end of my
1: sentences than usual. So Yeah. That's what, why people are that's why people come, Jeff. That's why people are here. No, they for for the meanderingness of this podcast. No 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 no. And it, we deliver We oh, in spades. Uh but no, I mean
0: like you know, like, you, you come to watch, watching a dog chase its tail around for hours and hours is a little different from watching the dog circle once or twice and lay down on the floor and go to sleep. You know what I'm saying? Is that really true though? Is I, it? I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. People would, actually I'd be terrified to hear why the listeners listen.
1: Cause <laughs> some of the comments as they've it, said- It is I'm one of like, those oh, things where you're like, oh. yeah, I, you know, audience feedback is great, but some feedback, I think, would just knock us off our game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. We just For never, all, but quite we'd be like, the we used do that again. in the first place. Yeah, right.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Be a big mistake. So, uh, so, how are you? How's the world of comics? I will ask, I mean, I do want to know about you, but seriously, how is the world of comics? I had one of those weeks where I don't think I
1: looked at comic news at, at all at all. I think that's very, it's been a relatively quiet week in the world of comics news as far as I know. Uh, I definitely haven't seen anything groundbreaking. Right. Um, let's see. What? Yeah, it's actually, I think a lot of people are, are to be honest, shitting themselves before San Diego. hmm hmm uh, I actually had an interview with uh, Jeff Lemire on Friday, which I think is going to run on Tuesday in the Hollywood Reporter. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, uh, it's about his Bloodshot comics, so it's me and uh, Valiant's uh, Hunter Garnson and Jeff Lemire on the phone and it's me and hunter to begin with and both of us are just like oh god san diego right oh shit oh san diego oh man and then jeff lamar gets on the phone and hunter's like hey we're just talking about san diego and he's like oh man san diego right (laughs) (laughs) and it was just oh okay yeah that that's where everyone is i guess I, i everyone is just the yeah, san diego's in a week i actually to to follow on from that i was at a a screening of atomic blonde this week the the shirley saran movie that's based on the onographic graphic novel yeah i really want to see that um and uh, james lucas jones stands up and does an introduction and one of the things he said in his introduction was basically like yeah san diego right <laughs> <laughs> like the week before san diego everyone's just like oh shit mm-hmm. um Crap! Yeah, so so that is. I think that's that's why there's not been an awful lot of comics news this week. Could be. Uh, I feel there was a couple of of like DC announcements. Yeah. Um They announced the creative team for uh, Michael Cray, which is the second Wildstorm book. Yes, right. And I honestly can't remember who it is. It's somebody oh, writing with Warren Ed- Ellis, Brian Ed- Edward Hill, and and Stephen Harris. Right. Uh, with, with assistance yes. from, from Alice. Uh, that's happening. It's funny because one of the weird things about San Diego is you get news as embargoed. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, what actually got announced this week versus what did I learn <laughs> about this week? <laughs> that's He's right. Graham knows
0: everything. He's weeks ahead of the rest of us, but what are actually no, tell it, this, us?
1: Like at this time of year, it actually becomes really weird because mm-hmm. you're like, I know I read that. Mm-hmm. But did I read that because it's been announced or drew that because it's being announced on Monday? Right. Like I know of at least three things that are being announced on Monday or Tuesday. Um, and none of them are like big, but at least a couple would be of interest to you, you know, and yeah. are potentially wait, what subjects, mm-hmm. but but I'm fairly sure they've not been... So right, like, so you're like, yeah. oh, well. So I guess we can't talk about that. Right. Um, One of the things I can say talking about San Diego is I'm getting the impression that this year San Diego is going to be strangely quiet. And, you know, listeners, you will be able to hold me to this because when this is released, really San Diego starts like three days later. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really get the, the impression that... The movie presence has dropped down right? again, and it it has done for the last couple of years. Um, But comics hasn't really come back to it in terms of announcements
0: there yet. That's true. Oh, you know Mile High Comics is not going to be showing at uh, San Diego.
1: That's kind of a big news in a way. Right? Mm -hmm. Um, But I I think that sort of ties into this new weird thing where, like, I think a lot of people are going, well, let's not do it at San Diego because that's really busy. But so many people are going to be doing it that there's nothing. Right. Right. You know? Yeah. It used to be that, definitely last year, I feel IDW was the only company announcing anything at San Diego Comic Con.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It feels like they've done their announcements already this year.
0: Well, cause that was, was it, was it Boom or was it Image that started doing the pre-SDCC press release or something like that?
1: Image even had like was Image Expo not like the day before San Diego last year? Ah, I don't know, might have been. Or maybe I was two not years tracking, ago? but that definitely like mm-hmm. one of these years recently they they did like they're all their announcements the day before. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the funny things is this year San Diego starts on the nineteenth with preview night, but nineteenth is also the day that the next previews is announced is released. I think. Oh boy! So wow. you have this weird thing where like solicits are going to come out like days before mm-hmm. San Diego. So what would be the announcements? Like for example, uh, DC announced a new Green Lantern Earth 1 graphic novel this week. That's right. Yeah. Oh. And you get the feeling that if previews was even coming out like a week later, they would have just held that for the show.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, cause I mean, it looks like a good book. It, it, have, did you see anything about that? Yeah,
0: Gabriel Hardman and Corinna Pichko and, uh, I assume
1: Hardman's doing the art as he's, well he's, as co He's co-writing and drawing. Okay, that's great. Uh Bechko is co-writing and it's Jordan Jordan Boyd, I think that's his name. Mm-hmm. The colors from their Invisible Republic series anyway. Oh, okay. He's doing colors and it's their Invisible Republic letterer as well, Simon Boland. Oh, okay. Cause I so noticed... it's basically the entire Invisible Republic team just doing a Green Lantern uh, I see. Okay, because
0: Boyd's name was so large on the announcement that it was kind of like, uh... You know, because, um, I think Hardman and Bechko had done, uh, the Planet of the Apes series for Boom, but Hardman had yeah. only done covers and co-wrote. And so I wasn't sure if that was what was going to happen here.
1: No, so, no, 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 no. Uh, Hard, Hardman's drawing. And it's funny because I think I told you that I attended one of their DC talent, sh- uh, um, classes, workshops. That, that's what we call it, DC uh, talent workshops mm-hmm. at, the, at Emerald City.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it, I, the entire time I was like, why is Gabriel Hardman here? like it, like, he's he's not working I actually was like I don't even think he's working in comics anymore really because the Miss World Republic had gone on hiatus uh, right and mm-hmm. I was like is he just here because he knows people I honestly was like I guess he must just know Cully because mm-hmm. Cully Hamner was in the session
0: oh right yeah. and
1: now it makes sense it was like of course he was working on the fucking Green Lantern book when that was happening mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. why he was in the session
0: yeah Clever eyes, Mr. McMillan.
1: Clever eyes. So, I mean, that makes sense. But, I mean, that, like, th- I feel that that would have been... If the list weren't coming out, that would have been held over. hmm mm-hmm. You know, um, IDW announced the Goosebump series, like, based on the R.L. Stein books. And again, I feel like that would have been held over
2: mm-hmm.
1: for the show if previews wasn't coming out next week. hmm So... Yeah, it's gonna, I think it's gonna be a really weird San Diego this year.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: We, we'll see. We will see. Um I, I, I know what my schedule's like. Uh, yeah, we'll see. Is it, is it as crazy as always or crazy? Uh, it, it's not, in terms of busyness, mm-hmm. it's probably less crazy. Okay. Oh, in terms of things I'm doing,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's potentially crazier. <laughs> Well can you talk about them? You must be able to talk about them because you're you're you, right? Or no? Yeah, no, I can't, because like the craziest ones are the ones that are still in Bargo's announcements. Ooh, but okay. they're not I mean, there's a lot of stuff that like is just, you know, fun stuff that's happening. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Right? But there's one that is comics related but not a comics announcement. But I basically said yes to because it was so weird to get the invitation in the first place. <laughs> That I was like i don 't even know if this is a story, but this whole thing is nuts, and also one of the signs that uh other companies still want that comics heat, i guess
2: mhm
1: you know what I mean yeah. where like the, the, it's it's a i mean it's what it really is is connected to a movie, but it 's a movie based on a comic mm-hmm. um but it it 's one of those like I can't quite believe that these things actually happen still. Like, I uh, did you see this, the sales figures were released for June? Right. Uh, and did you see that One Woman got absolutely no bump in the direct market? Ah, no. That was wow. the film. Mm-hmm. Like, no bump in terms of single issues, and no collection made the top ten graphic novels. Wow. Which seems nuts, right? hmm hmm uh, especially because in the bookstores, Wonder Woman popped. Right. Like, Wonder Woman dra- really dramatically jumped up. This, apparently, the two Greg Rucka books like, really skyrocketed. Hmm. And the fact that, like, it got no pickup in the, in the drag market
2: mm-hmm.
1: is nuts to me. But also makes me think, like, are we now at the stage where there's the movies and there's the comics?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And there's not really the crossover audience. Well... Uh, I
0: think that I think that that's been discussed and sort of semi-proven. Like you know, the the closest that you have to to seeing that bump, it seems, is uh, I know it's been theorized that if you have a um, a single issue, a single volume, like Watchmen, mm-hmm. you can see a you can see a big bump a in sales. Vol- are yeah. you, are you ignoring the greatness that is before Watchmen? Oh, I have no idea what you're <laughs> talking about, Graham. That makes, I don't even exactly. understand what that why, is. Why would, you,
1: why would anyone do something about Before Watchmen? Yeah. Huh? right. Exactly. But exactly. Then, I mean, if they did it, they, I'm sure they'd only do one book and they wouldn't do, what was it, six series. Well, no, I mean, if you think about it, like they're looking at the success of this
0: thing and they're like, okay, we have to mimic it as closely as possible. So they wouldn't be like, let's get, multiple creators to do multiple titles and then they, throw they, they, they go all of that let's,
1: like yeah. watchman is a very particular thing mm-hmm. let's get our best team together yeah and do another 12 issue series that's really respectful mm-hmm. of the original story and yet isn't based on a really you know a one line aside <laughs> that that's you know you know it's not like we're going to get someone like j michael Strasinski and to do like an alternate universe Thank thing. Thank God. Can you imagine you know, what he would that, do with uh, that? Ugh. Ugh. I just shudder really to think that that would be, that would yeah. just be, that would be brutal. It'd be brutal. You know, the good thing about doing it that way, if DC were to do it that way, which obviously they wouldn't, mm-hmm. it, if you did the concentrated 12 issue series, you'd never get like a two issue Moloch series. Hmm. Yeah, I suppose that's true. That I is mean, true. He, yeah. that route, where are you going to end up? A dollar bill one-shot? I mean, that's just ridiculous. Yeah,
0: that would never happen. That would never happen. I mean, clearly this entire scenario would never happen, but the best part is, that definitely never happened. So... Yeah, so I mean, you look at Watchmen, you know, single volume, huge bump up when the, the movie, at least the trailer came out as we know. And I think, I think we see similar things when it's sort of a one volume kind of deal or something like The Walking Dead where it's just a continuing. I mean, it's
1: definitely not one volume. <laughs>
0: well, it's not, but it's also only one title. I mean, I think we were talking about this a little bit. You know, the idea that if you're, you know, no matter how much they tried, like, if you get into, like, I don't know, Gotham or, like, the the Dark Knight movies, you know, and then you go into the comic book stores and you're like, okay, where do I start with Batman? And, you know,
1: there's an entire wall of it. It just yeah. seems a All little- right, that's just it. Mm-hmm. Imagine. Oh, to, to, like, sort of finish up the topic we we're talking about and then we'll sort of double back. Uh, I think that's true with Wonder Woman, but I think the DC was and if retailers had been smart, would have like gone, "Oh, look, it's Wonder Woman Year One. Mm-hmm. Like it's 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 the current storyline. Mm-hmm. It's the origin story. Yeah. This is the problem. Being, of course, Wonder Woman Year One is Volume Two. Right. <laughs> right. Well, it's that why, was a right. great idea. Yeah. Well, yeah.
0: you know, I mean, because I think they were trying to do double duty. And, I don't know. I mean, it's tough. It's, interestingly enough, I was in a bookstore. Uh, relatively recently and they had a bunch of, um, it was a really well curated little shelf, uh, more or less facing the door as you went in and it had a a variety of Wonder Woman stuff, uh, on one shelf and then the other shelf, it had, um, other comics, but mostly based on like, um, well, the point being most of it was girl appropriate, if you know what I'm saying. It wasn't, it wasn't really. And I think that also might just be. For me, I feel like that's a problem. It's interesting. I'm, I'm, as Graham would say, by the time the listeners hear this, I will have already had my spine pummeled into a fine dust by my two nieces. But I haven't seen them. I will be seeing them tomorrow as we record this, and I haven't seen them in like a month and a half. And I'm kind of curious to see if they went to Wonder Woman, what they thought, like, or if the parents decided that they were a little too like not. I, I would say Arf.
1: Aren't they a little
0: young for Wonder Woman? Yeah, they probably are too young for Wonder Woman. But I know they'd really, really, really want to go. So, <laughs> I mean, the five-year-old definitely wasn't going to make it. But whether or not the seven-year-old would or wouldn't, probably not I either. mean. Yeah.
1: yeah, but maybe, I mean, maybe, maybe it is appropriate I, I think, for a seven year old.
0: You know, for a seven year old, I think some of the, um some of this, a lot of it's gonna go overhead and then the rest of it's gonna be kinda awesome stuff. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah that's,
1: that's, that's a very good point. Yeah,
0: so I, I think that actually they, I would be curious. I'll, I'll mm-hmm. see whether or not that happened. But, so they have these Wonder Woman books that are clearly for kids that are roughly my niece's age and maybe somewhat older, but, but it was, so, so for example, they had the, I think the two volumes of Wonder Woman Rebirth, but they were kind of actually placed spine out rather than cover out. And the other stuff was, I think, my first superhero girl book, or, um, and, uh, the superhero girls, the graphic novel, of course, you know, and then I think Lumberjanes and a few other things. I, so all in all, I think it is, it's one of those deals where I think, um, it's just it's just hard i think i think the movies and the comics usually are separate when it's ongoing series like that i just you know particularly long running series i i don't know if they actually do work at getting people into the stores you know with certain very rare exceptions so mm-hmm. uh but it, but it is weird i mean let's I, I also feel that marvel was doing its best to make sure that Wonder Woman did not get any traction.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, that, well, that, that's, I, I think we said this before, that's like one of the conspiracy theories about what was behind the, the Marvel sale. Right. That weekend. That it was like Marvel desperately trying to keep Wonder Woman off the graphic novels. Uh, yeah. Top 10. Mm-hmm. Which, mm-hmm. you know, completely mm-hmm. worked because everyone was like, what's this? Star Brand Volume 2 for a dollar. Right. Sure. Or maybe, maybe that's just me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's, that's one of the two books I bought from that sale. Wow. Smart Run Volume 2. I only bought two books and that was one of them. That's insane. What was the other volume? Uh, Avenger, West Coast
0: Avengers Lost in Space Time. Oh my god, which i had already bought, so you got for
1: a pittance. And it oh, it was read. like one thirty or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it's I, mean, I, I read it when it was coming out. I read it yeah, as yeah. A, a single issue, so like right. I've I'm, and also it's Engelhart, so I have amazingly fond memories of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so getting like that really was a no brainer. Seeing yeah. that it was that cheap, I was like, oh fuck. Yeah, 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 totally. I mean, oh god, I got so many books during that time. Uh, you did, like you, you really did. I remember you emailing uh, Matt Terrell and I. Basically saying, I hope the sale ends soon. I really was. I like, was like, for God, my own sake, I hope the sale ends soon.
0: Yeah, yeah, it is. It was. It was. It really. And and I have to say, I don't know. I was going to say, like, yeah, and it's totally affected my um my comicsology buying habits since. But I'm not. I'm not sure really? that it has so what, Interesting. What, what do you mean by that? Well, I was going to say that. Well, for one thing, um. 'Cause you know, there was sort of a lesser version of the sale that sort of rolled out relatively recently. Uh on Amazon and this time on Comixology under the I think Marvel's Greatest Hits uh yeah, yeah. banner. And I was just like Ugh <laughs> Like, none for me, thanks. I'm
1: driving. Really? You know, yeah. I, I honestly thought it was going to be the other way. I thought you were gonna be like, Finally I can complete the my runs of whatever, whatever it was you bought.
0: No, I mean, that's the thing that's so scary is I just went, I went in like whole hog, especially cause I was doing th- that shopping on comic solid, uh, on Amazon will do that kind of weird. Um, every once in a while you'll we'll come across bundled packs. Right. So it would be something like, Oh, get Grant Morrison's X-Men for $18 or whatever it was, you know, and it's all the trades and it averages out to like $3 a piece or something. I'm like, Yes, I will do this, you know, so I did a lot of that. Like I really went to, f- and that was the other thing why I needed it to stop was each day that it went on, I would go and basically go a little lower down my, my wish list. Like I was getting to the point where I was like, I've heard good things about Jeff Lemire's Logan. Why don't I just buy three volumes to see if it's any good? You know, because it was basically yeah. the same price as buying three issues, except I actually then got, like, 12 comics to actually well, look that, at That's, that's
1: just it. I mean, I'm actually getting a similar but not as extreme version of that, which is – I think I said last – wait, what? Uh, or maybe I said to you after we recorded Baxter Building last, mm-hmm. but the 2008E shop has lowered its prices. Mm, you did tell <laughs> um, me yeah. And magazines are now $4. Whoa. Oh, you said that. Uh, yeah, that- shit. That like the fold in graphic novel mm-hmm. is included yeah. by digitally, yeah, and I re- like I'm not joking. This week I've just been fighting the urge, yeah, and because it, it's not just like oh get this one issue. It's literally oh if I get these four issues, I can get all of like the you know Mercy Heights, right, uh, which is like a Rogue Trooper spinoff that I've never read from the nineties, mm. and I'm like I, I love Rogue Trooper, like, you know <laughs> how bad can it be? And I know from people talking about it it's apparently terrible right but i am at like you know if i'm really just paying like 16 dollars and i have the entire series and i have four magazines as well right like right. that's not that bad right mm-hmm. and it is it's it's a problem like you do start talking yourself into things going well i'm kind of saving money right right no exactly i mean so
0: you know <laughs> you and dan Coyle we'd be pleased to hear i of course brought bought that star brand volume
1: you know, as as well as the one before uh, wait, it. Okay. We have to do it. For people wondering why Jeff just mentioned Dan Coyle, in the comments from the Last Backs Building, he basically said that he really wanted Jeff and I to do an episode where we only talk about Star Brands. And I am totally down, Jeff. I know. I you I, are. I just want to put that out there right yeah. now. Yeah. I am totally down. Yeah, I, I I do think that
0: we should do that. Um maybe it's some sort you of bottle the, episode. Do the whole... Yeah, I would think so. Like I would love to yeah. at
1: the burn, or yeah. do you want to just burn?
0: No, 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 no. I think shooter and burn would be the most interesting to me. I think you know because the shooter stuff is weird and fucked up, and then watching burn come in like a rabid dog and attack it. I think you know, for me, I don't know if it'd have that much as much oomph. Also, I have to say, uh, as I as I mentioned a couple of episodes ago, I I barely made it three issues into Thing Classic Volume One by (laughs) burn and i'm and i really am i'm just like i may not be able to handle it you know i i have no
1: wait um, have you read burns Starbrand? yeah i read like the first two or three issues of it i mean i i were you i can't remember if i actually put this in the email because i matt and i were talking about it Mm -hmm. um and you were definitely on the chain yeah i read the whole fucking thing in like an hour because wow. I could not stop, I could not stop. Wow! Because I remember the pit. I remember reading the pit when it came out. Yeah, see, that's it. I and read. Pit, I the did the new universe the titles right up to the pit. I think. Yeah, the pit is included in the second volume, which makes sense because Byrne co-wrote it or something, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, 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 I was like, okay, I'll read up to the pit and then I read the pit and I was like, I forgot how. Weirdly fucked up, the pit is. The pit is so 1980s because it fits entirely into the 1980s nuclear holocaust, fetishism and dystopia. Mm. And I was just like, I've got to just see the next issue, see what happens. And the book just progressively gets weirder from that point on and I couldn't stop myself. Mm. Mm -hmm. Because, uh, like we said before, Burn on Alpha Flight doesn't care, right? And it gets really sloppy. Mm -hmm. Burn on Sarbrand simultaneously does not care but because he doesn't have the marvel universe to deal with either Mm -hmm. like shit just gets weird right right like super fucking weird Mm -hmm. you're like well this is a car wreck i have to keep reading well and i remember
0: thinking that it was kind of uh and i think that's i think that's the part that bothers me is i remember thinking the the idea of taking Taking the new universe, which was, you know, the world outside our window and basically definitively smashing that and going in a completely different direction seemed kind of interesting to me. And I mean, if you think about it, you've got all these characters that you've set up for several years to draw into a story, which if you really were or had kind of thought it through, I would feel like. It's kind of an, sort of an interesting premise, you know, but. But
1: the, the, there was no thinking through it. No, I mean, well see,
0: and that's it. It really was, then I read The Pit, and there was just, and I remember reading, I don't know, a Comics Journal or something, and everything about it had the whiff of, you know, 60, it really just, it just felt, it just felt like a, a, a grudge match thing, you know?
1: I, I have two things to say about this. Very quickly, a diversion, which is, I was thinking about this earlier this week, and I was remembering – do you remember John Byrne's first shot at Jim Shooter after he got fired off Fantastic Four, which was in the Legends miniseries at DC? Oh, shit. I read Legends, a, a, and I totally forgot A supervillain shows up. Yeah. A supervillain shows up called Sunspot, mm-hmm. who is Starbrand. He's wearing the the Shooter Starbrand-era outfit, but his he looks like Jim Shooter. Right, with and a really Spidey bad guard. haircut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's fighting Guy Gardner and he shoots his own foot off. He talks about how he used the power to create a new universe and then he shoots his own foot off. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's going up on the Tumblr this week. <laughs> you know, um, you know what would be great is to get the, um,
0: we should have like the circle of life, right? If, if you want to put it on the Tumblr, you should have, um, burn having shooter appear and blow his own foot off. Then you should have um John Byrne appear as Booster Cogburn, the company man without a spine, in Steve Gerber and Jack Kirby's Destroyer Duck, and then finish it with you Steve fight, Gerber in to, the to scan Then I will. Oh, well, all right. I'll see what I can do, uh, and then <laughs> c- conclude it with Steve Gerber's appearance. As, oh, in Secret Wars 2. Yeah. As Thunder Sword
1: Thundersword, right? Yeah, exactly. As Thundersword. Yeah. Now, did you because I know you just read Secret Wars 2, uh, did you follow Thundersword into his issue, uh his Danny O'Neill issue of Iron Man?
0: No, because I only read that that um I read issue two of Secret Wars number two and was like, holy shit, I've got to come back to this. And then it's just been such a week. I did not. uh No, that was due diligence for the Baxter building, man, when you said no, the show notes I that thought, I did my uh, homework. But you were like, yes, but, but Jeff, surely you had to read the rest of it because it's insane, right? But
1: no, yes. I, no, 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 no. Um, I'll, no, I would... That's uh, yeah. Not only are we going to do start around episode of Wait What, at fine. we should totally do Secret Wars 2 episode. We should do a Secret
0: Wars 2 episode. That would be amazing. I would, because I've been meaning to read the motherfucker for a while. And honestly, again, like I said, that weird shit that was happening in issue 2, where it was like, this is so... I don't I even know where to start, but I was kind of like, it was also so unhinged as opposed to sort of burn at that point was just rattling on and on. So like, I was like, this is, this is weirdly much more entertaining.
1: I mean, not yeah. in a way that I feel like Shooter wanted me to be entertained. But... <laughs> no, no, no. You're, you're totally right. Secret Wars 2 is the second time I ever saw the Celestials and the first time I ever saw them in a natural because the first time I ever saw them was in the official handbook, and I fell in love with them in the official handbook, oh yeah oh yeah like, this this concept blows my like ten year old mind or however, yeah. and then the first time I see them in the natural comic is in Secret Wars 2 yeah. and I remember even as the eleven year old I was at the time thinking, this is just disrespectful to. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Official handbook of the Marvel Universe. What did you do to me?
0: Mm-mm-mm-mm. You know that was—I remember buying those first
1: issues with like such zeal. Like I, I had a complete of the, run. Of the first series, or this because I, first I jumped series. on the the deluxe edition, right? Which I think which maybe is the I the best was... way they could do to like yes. let's sell this comic to them again. Yeah, this time it's deluxe. But I. Like, I didn't even know there was an earlier one, but I, I bought every single fucking issue of that, and it was my Bible for yeah. however long it ran. Oh, that's so it's awesome. Like, yeah, it, totally. Oh, I loved it. Like, yeah. I I loved it so much that I would... Like lay out all the covers cause they connected. Remember it was yes. all like one line? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would lay them all out and I would just like stare at it and go, look at the Marvel universe is amazing. Look at all these guys. I've never heard of these guys. Who the fuck is Balser? It's amazing. Yeah. The fucking Celestials. Cotton mouth. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Whoa. Did they cover both his
0: appearances as like a friend as, as well as Jesus Christ or was it just Jesus Christ? <laughs> He was in the book of the dead, Jeff. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's real. That's 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 okay. I'm gonna have to bleep that part out because that's actually blasphemous, depending on who you talk to, Graham. So, but yeah,
1: no. Well, it's true. I guess he did come back after being crucified. I was like, he was crucified. That was like that's kind of missing the entire point of view. It's it's like Graham (laughs) McMillan overly
0: literal. It's like yeah, that's well. I think I think we've I think we've determined. What that is your, just, uh, the extent uh, of your faith-based... Sorry,
1: everyone, I probably have offended. Uh, <laughs> I it genuinely am. Um, my smart-assery was overly smart-ass. People may be offended. I genuinely apologize.
0: Yes, yes. But if you're not offended... But also, means, you should bleep it out anyway, so no one has any idea well, what I'm talking about. That would be great if I started earlier, except, of course, you know me. I refuse to sacrifice one of my own jokes, so there's no way that I'm going to do that. <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, the, uh, the Marvel, yeah, the handbook, the Marvel Universe. I was going to complain about that book because I, I have, I have very mixed feelings about it, you know. Uh, uh, loved it, but also found myself being, I mean, understandably, Grunwald and his, and his staff. I, I went, I'm sure it was Grunwald, Peter Sanderson, and, and a, um, a, probably a small battalion of others. Elliot um, R. Broughton, don't forget him. He did all oh, the yeah. Right, he went on to go do those uh those amazing like Punisher Armory books too, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah which just, but um, it just yeah, no. I mean, there was so much great stuff in there, but at the same time, uh there it was. I, I'd love to reread some of that. I mean, I know that the house they, they did
1: essentials, yeah, yeah they did, but, did essential they? collections Holy of the of the uh, Marvel uh, official library of the Marvel Universe. Wow, and I almost bought them. I almost bought them. Wow. There was more than one? I would have thought that they would yeah, have no, been it's, all in it's, it's one it's essence. Two, really? two volumes. Whoa. Well, they were all double sized books.
0: Oh, right. Right. And at twenty four of them. Ads. Yeah. So they,
1: like they were probably, you know, at literally forty eight pages of content. Yeah. So you do ten of those and you have four hundred and eighty pages. Yeah. It's you know,
0: and it's kind of funny because DC did its own version and Who's who? Yeah, who's who in the DCU? And, uh, and, and I have to say that even though the one thing that I don't, uh, the thing that I, I don't like about the Marvel Handbook the most is the fact that the, the pseudoscience, that they have these ridiculously exact numbers for what everyone can like do and I don't know, bench press and their descriptions of the powers that are all completely basically, Falls into like four or five groups to explain these, you know, completely impossible powers. Uh, and yet one of the things that bugs me the most about the Who's Who books is that they completely go the opposite way and do their best to kind of preserve the mystery and also not fall back on r- ridiculous amounts of pseudoscience. Uh, and yet and yet I also judge them for not doing that. So it's kind of, it's really kind of weird. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's very odd. Or maybe, also, I wonder sometimes if it's also a design thing. Like for better or for worse, I look at the Marvel Handbook organization way of dealing it with it. And I'm just like, Oh yeah. And uh, as you know, uh, and anyone who picks up the young animal books knows they've been
1: putting in those, um, Who's styles, Who yeah. pages. In, in the exact design of the 1980s books. Yeah, and I
0: don't like that design. I guess there's oh, maybe I, something that's about really
1: it. grown on me since then. Cause I was exactly like you when they were coming out. Yeah. I was like, these just seem like cheesy. Mm-hmm. And it's the, the Marvel books. But now it's completely grown on me. And also, there's some great art in those Who's Who books. You know, the thing that's rough for me is, is that there is great work, but
0: I guess because they were doing, like, the two-tone illustration thing or something like that. Again, it's that classic thing of they were doing something different from the Marvel style because the Marvel style was really following through on that Jim Shooter mandate. You know,
1: they they really well, were. And also like, all, all the official handbook, Marvel, mm-hmm. is um, inked by Joe Robinson. Oh, right. Yeah. So it's like got a real consistency. You have this weird thing where it's like, you know, Brian Boland inked by Joe Rubenstein. Yeah. And that's the other thing that I think is
0: kind of tough is for me is this like, I think I've told you, Rubenstein just does not really, that doesn't really do it for me. There's probably been some stuff that he's done that I've been, I've been hot for, but as a general rule of thumb, yeah, I do not, uh, he's he, he, he's, he's like the, um, He's like, if you somehow manage to get Claus Jansen and then rip the talented part out of Claus Janssen. I just say bludgeon him. Yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. Is it just, give him just a real tough, like, Claus Jansen with a
1: concussion is like Joe Rubenstein. You know what I mean? Like, I, that for me. I, so. I think that's maybe a bit harsh, but definitely Rubenstein's never been a favorite anchor of mine.
0: Yeah.
1: Rubenstein, uh, always reminded me of Brett Breeding. Hmm. Who did a lot of stuff in the in the late eighties and, and early nineties, mm-hmm. and I only discovered really recently that there's a reason for that, which is breeding used to be Joe Rubinstein's assistant. Oh, interesting. Okay, that that makes sense. That makes sense. But they they have a similar, um, and I'm trying. To, I want to say, like, I'm not meaning to be insulted, but I totally am. They have a similar genericization yeah. that they do in anyone's pencils, mm-hmm. which, when you're trying to do something like the official handbook, and you're literally bringing one anchor in to make them all look like they coexist in the same universe. Right, right. That's that exactly makes, that's the point. Purpose, yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. But uh I think on on individual stories, is isn't always great. And, you know, you get someone like Reading, who did do good work on Dan Jurgen stuff mm-hmm. in the 1990s.
0: Well, but. and I, I do have to say, if memory serves, Rubenstein's the guy who does the inking on, uh, Miller's, uh, Claremont and Miller's Wolverine, you know? Yeah, um, oh, no, he is. And, and so, like I said, again, is that sort of like, oh, he's like Jansen, but not. Like, I, I thought his work in, in Wolverine is, is, is quite good, especially, you know, knowing kind of how loose Miller can be and may well have been working at that point, I'm not sure. Um, you know, that's but at the same time I'm just, yeah, so I I I hate I hate really I don't mean to slam dunk on him uh as much as as much as I clearly am because he,
1: you know, Rubenstein's really No, no, but but him. it is. It's, it's one of those things, but uh to start to back try slightly, I really loved a lot of the art in the original Who's Who, but when they did the Who's Who in Loose Leaf, mm-hmm. I loved that. Mm. I loved that shit because there really is some great art in that. And the design is less goofy, I guess. Mm. Hmm.
0: I would have you know? to see that. I don't think I ever picked up the loose leaf stuff. You know, it seemed kind of intriguing in a way because there was something so great about the idea of like putting in a binder and then swapping out pages as they get updated. Except yeah. the pages were so vague. It was
1: like, what are
0: you going to update
1: this on? You know? Um, but well, I did, I I... It was, I, I, like I, as far as I remember, and I, I might be misremembering, cause we are talking like 27 years ago. Yeah. Um, that it, it was more, uh, it wasn't just like up to, you know, change as an update, but also you can, you can format this the way you want. Mm. Mm. So it doesn't have to be alphabetical if you don't want. And sure. for me, right. I was like, you know, I'm putting all the Justice League together. I'm putting all the Doom Patrol together. That's great. I'm so putting did you, actually the, you know, put them all together in a binder then, Graham? Yeah. Oh, I didn't make it. Awesome. Through, I didn't make it through the entire series. I oh. think I made it halfway or so. Wow. Um, wow. But yeah, I, 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 I did. I loved that shit. And kind of wish I still had it, to be honest. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: I, bet. I really do wish I still had that shit. But well, um
0: Graham, you know what you can look for in your spare
1: moments at SDCC now. I uh, do that in addition to Micronauts and, uh, and Legion of Superheroes, which I've decided is probably the next thing I'm going to try and
0: collect. Oh, really? You know, I have to say Comixology, because the first volume of the Legion of Superheroes, you know, basically the – their The hardcover? Up, yeah, the hardcover that's picking up from their showcases or whatever, Uh it, it hit Comicsology this week, and I found myself being like – I don't know why, but I was like, yeah, the idea of having a big chunk of Legion of Superheroes like at my fingertips, especially from that era, seemed
1: really... Well, exactly, because it it's, it's like Cockrum. It's, it really yeah. is prime Cockrum. You Cockrum,
0: know? and I, I think like Starlin's in there around the fringes and just all sorts of shit. It was, it was. I was like, oh. I'm the, the final
1: showcase that came out, which is literally the issues right before that, mm-hmm. is Cockrum and Grell.
0: Yeah, right. All, the, all the, the way well. through. Yeah, which would be great. That I would and love it's, And it's all
1: stuff. in really super crisp black and white. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, black and, and white, really? Well the showcases. The showcases were the were DC's oh, version you're of right. essential. You're right. I'm sorry. What, are, what I, are the did
0: they do the DC archives? Was that what they were called? Did how far did they get in the art the, the Superboy archives, the Le, the Legion archives?
1: They got like ten volumes in. Mm-hmm. But that's I think they only do like eight issues of volume. Yeah, so it sort of fell so short. Really it's not that right? far in. Yeah, okay. Because so they right. ended up doing five showcases, mm-hmm. which you get all the Superboy stuff. Right. And then into the, the, it's still technically Superboy and the Legion, but really it's Legion. It's really the Legion,
0: yeah, exactly.
1: Um, wow. And you, the the fourth one is when it sort of switches into Cockrum. Because it sort of was like Silver, Silver, Silver Age, and then it's like George Tuska for a few issues, which <laughs> Tuska's art looks fucking amazing. Like genuinely, jaw-droppingly, you're like, who is this guy? I can't believe this is Tuska. Really? Like there's Thoth-esque there's, there's stuff in that volume. Get out. The well, I mean, is-
0: especially seeing it without I, without color,
1: because I, I think Tuska. Like, Black and, White, yeah. and he's not got – because whenever I think of Tuska, I genuinely always think of like incredibly big teeth. You, right. uh, that's my yeah. go-to. Exactly. And that—that's not on show in this stuff. Wow. And there's solid, fucking, great cartooning. that You're like, who is this guy? This guy should be amazing. Like, this guy should be massive. Yeah. And you're like, it's fucking George Jessica, What happened to him? Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, he does like four issues, and then it's Cockrum, and then the final volume is like Cockrum and Grell all the mm. way through. Jesus. Wow. And it's so good. It's yeah. So good. So yeah. So the first hardcover picks up directly from that. And I want to say it's like Shooter and Cockrum and Sarlin, mm. right? Right?
0: Yeah. Holy shit! Yeah, that would be amazing. Christ. All right. Maybe I'll have to put this on the wish list now. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Graham. Do you want to talk? Do you Do you want to talk about recent comics that you've read?
1: I I wonder if I'd read recent comics. Oh, really? uh, The only recent comic I've read. This week is the uh, Dark Days the Casting.
0: Yeah, let's talk about Dark Days the Casting. Have you read it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, because it did actually come out this week, so, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Yes. So what did you think? Well, I got to tell you, um, I hope, Graham, that you, like the listeners, remember that I love Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo's Batman.
1: And one yeah, of the was, things love it, I, and one of the things you said was, you know, I can't wait for them to do Justice League. Essentially, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I guess
0: there's that. It's yeah, let's see them do Justice League. But there was also this thing of so for me, what I really loved about this is even though uh, Capullo's not there, the casting is just a substantially stupid comic. In a way that I really adore, it's the, all the shit that I love about Snyder's Batman that was just genuinely dumb. Um, he brings back and really doubles down with. So like when the Joker's. Did, did you read The Forge? And, yeah, I read The Forge and I thought okay, The Forge. Yeah. I, so, so The Forge was one level of stupid that I enjoyed. I mean, in a way, part of me was like, Ugh, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's because I don't, I don't remember why, but I remember being like, I thought it was actually um really fun in a uh well, just in kind of a like oh here here I am doing a big d c crossover thing, and also the two things that I like about the forge and the casting is very much that um I feel like Snyder can get away with stuff by virtue of one, one of the things that worked with him on the new fifty two Batman is is that he was pretty surprisingly fearless uh about going like hey you know what we've never we never really saw like year zero for batman you know like we're doing we're doing something the 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 miller batman year one doesn't apply here so i get to do my own you know um strike at it basically yeah. you know and so there's something I, and
1: that his strike at it was so
0: Gonzo compared with Miller well, yeah, exactly. I mean that's that again exactly right. there's something about Snyder that is in just deeply deeply goofy that that even though it is dour uh and and sort of ambitious in some of its weird ways, it also because of that ambition, like i don 't know i I guess i didn't pay enough attention to the new fifty two books but one thing that kind of struck me is not everyone really kind of had the balls that Snyder did of like oh you know what this is sort of like this is a new attempt at taking these characters like this is a new take on them so I can basically reinvent them the way that I want you know that has a certain you know and and Snyder's got a is an is I think a fanboy and has like likes the fan service but like I just don't think that for example a lot of the shit that he sets up with the cabal of the immortals and the the retake on um Hawkman and Hawk Girl's origin I don't think that really would have worked so well uh um, previously because because I, I feel like a lot of that if nothing else Poor Hawkman gets his origin, like, retold, like, fucking, that guy should be called Xerox Man. I'm Xerox Man with wings, you know? Because every time you turn around, that guy's getting his origin just fucking retconned up the butt. And, and but I really kind of liked what Snyder did with it here. But, all those things said, the idea that it's basically the DC Universe versus a malevolent form of metal is red. Ridiculous. It's ridiculous in a way that in the first issue I'm like, well, this is really dumb. I'm not gonna be able to go for this. But then weirdly, by the by Dark Metal the casting, I was like, Oh, I'm kinda down with this. You know, it the other thing that I really liked is, you know, of course, I thought that his whole like bats versus birds, birds versus bats, bats are now birds and birds are birds is so funny and like he brings it back here to like really t- to have the Joker double down like it means something even bigger and worse this time when it meant like nearly nothing previously. And finally, I love reading Dark Metal. The casting is is that Snyder is either so much of a Grant Morrison fanboy or is so cynically um, so cynically believes That nobody read Grant Morrison's stuff. That he has no trouble ripping it off wholesale. And so half the shit going on in the casting reads like his, his basic attempt to riff off of The Return of Bruce Wayne... Final Crisis and Batman RIP, like, simultaneously, but reconfiguring it into a, oh yeah, but I mean, you know, this one's just gotta rock your cock a little more, which Morrison's-
1: He not. is, he is a massive Morrison fanboy. Yeah. A massive Morrison fanboy. Also, have you seen the preview pages for Metal Issue 1? Uh, no, no, I have not. I have All not. I'm gonna say is this. The whole concept of the dark multiverse, which is what they're talking around in casting, right. is that there is essentially a flip side of the multiverse, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And in this flip side of the multiverse, anything is possible. Mm-hmm. Which is how you're going to get all the evil Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, but to illustrate this, in Metal Issue 1, I shit you not, the Justice League has Ryan Hughes' map of the multiverse from Multiversity. <laughs> Oh, I think it's our preview pedal from that, yeah. illustrates the, the Dark Mouse versus the flip side that they literally turn it over, Jeff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I mean, that's ballsy as shit. Cause that is simultaneously great and dumb. Yeah. Well, see, that's it. You know, you're like, that's amazing. Yeah. You're like, other people would not do that, but that, and it's, it's something we've previously talked about. Both with Morrison and with Jeff Johns back when he was doing Central mm-hmm. where we are like, if you can commit to the dumb enough, yeah, you can sell the dumb. Yeah, you can sell the dumb. The casting is that. The casting mm-hmm. really is so. I mean, all the Birds versus Bat stuff is stupid as hell. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like, you know what? Okay, I'll go along with it. Right, right. You know, or the whole, uh you know, the the Dagger of Shazam. Yes. Thing. Yeah. What? Yeah. Or the whole Duke? I meant to tell you, you've had superpowers all along because of your who your parents are. And mm. by the way, that's all connected. End metal as well. Yeah. What the fuck? But again, like Snyder and and Tanyan in this are really just being like, look, you accepted it. You know, they're not even vaguely apologetic. This is what it is. You, you know, just deal. This is what it is. You guys. Yeah. Yeah. No,
0: it's, it it is. It's really, um, and it, and it does kind of help that Snyder is in some ways, you know, he did seed a bunch of goofy stuff throughout his run, like from Dionysium to...
1: What did you say? There's so much that really does pay off Batman stuff, which you I didn't realize there were that many dangling plot threads until the casting basically like goes, oh, there's this, there's this, there's this. And you're like, did Snyder not like finish anything in his batman run no he really I thought, I thought it held together much better but apparently there's all these dangling plot threads yeah well because i think there's there's these weird gimmies that
0: that he the weird the thing that snyder does in the batman books that actually pays off pretty well i mean i take a take it back because the biggest one is i do remember the whole birds versus bats and the idea that that uh, Dick Grayson had been, rec- was, you know... Yeah, the, the Court
1: of Owls.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, that gets touched on and then it fades into the background. But, like, in a lot of the other stories, um, Snyder is really consistent about dropping weird shit in there and then and really developing it and then walking away from it. And it feels like some weird attempt at doing... Just world building, I guess. Like, mm. I, like I after reading Metal the casting, I am ninety percent sure that that uh, new element, the Batmanium that they created in, uh, in in the toward the end of of Snyder and Capullo's run, is absolutely going to pay off in a in an amusingly stupid way, you know.
1: Well, yeah, I I honestly was thinking that was the the end metal. Like, mm-hmm. they're, they're just going to have an outright like, oh no, it, it was this all along. Mm-hmm.
2: mm-hmm.
1: Well, well, it could, it could be. I think that it's going to literally be that the Batmanium
0: metal is going to beat the nth metal in the end, which I think is hard. I, I,
1: I, there's so much about this I love. There, mm-hmm. there, I mean, but that's the thing. I, I'm surprised you like it so much because what I got out of it, cause I really did enjoy it as well,
2: mm-hmm.
1: was so much the fanboyness, mm-hmm. you know? Like, what's this Hawkman founded the original challenges of the unknown to investigate end metal? That's great. Yeah. But it's also like such a fucking Easter egg that I was like, there's really like he's playing to the converted here. He's he's not like this is not gonna play to people who are not already quasi into the challengers of the unknown and Hawkman and any potential crossover between the two. Well, but see, but that's
0: the thing, Graham. I actually weirdly, I'm not a very deep... DC fanboy, but I'm totally into Hawkman, and I'm totally into the Challengers. I so did that's totally into like...
1: Hawkman. Oh yeah. Well, I don't know about I mean, Challengers. Makes sense. It's Kirby. But yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Hawkman, well, is,
1: Hawkman is genuinely surprising.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: No, because I, I was I
0: was really I actually had the you know that statue the Hawkman statue that that they did that was like. Um, based off of kubert 's designs and they actually included a thing, I actually had that i don 't know at some point i 'm trying to th- you know what it was is um uh, i when when i was when I was very young uh I read the great comic book heroes by Jules Pfeiffer, which Pfeiffer had managed to get permission from a bunch of the companies to run the old stories in there and uh, one of the things that I thought was, was great was they, he had one of, he, he had the very first Hawkman story and I forget, I honestly, I hate to say this, but I cannot remember the name of the guy who invented Hawkman and Druid. Gardner
1: Fox. Is Gardner, was Gardner
0: Fox. Fox. I don't know if it is. I'm talking, I'm not talking, I'm talking Golden Age Hawkman, which maybe it was also Gardner Fox. because uh, Gardner then. Fox
1: and Dennis Abel. Oh, okay.
0: Um, but the art is gorgeous on it, and it's very influenced by Alex Raymond, and so that that always that weirdly planted that weird seed with my mind. And then I don't know. I was never into Hawkman as a member of the Justice League, but but he is one of the few characters that I bought the superpowers action figure of. Like like you just oh, one of those... tell me you still have that. No, I don't think I do, unfortunately. Which is a damn shame. I don't know how I lost that. There's that. I I had the black
1: Spider-Man Secret Wars figure, which me you know, too. <laughs> I fucking had Daredevil in Secret Wars. I don't even know if he came Ooh, out in the US. I don't think that he did. I, don't I think had Daredevil and the Falcon. Oh man,
0: I, w- I would have loved to have the Falcon. What did I have? I think I had Spider-Man. I did not have a very deep bench of the Secret Wars figure. Some of the superpowers figures were kind of great though. Like I think. God, did I have Martian Manhunter or not? I had. I yeah, only,
1: only have... the only the first wave of superpowers figures came out in the UK, and that killed me. I I think I've said this before. I, the first time I came to the US was in 1989, mm-hmm. the year that the, the the Batman movie came out, mm-hmm. and we went to a comic book store because oh, of course we did. Like I'm, I'm like 14 years old and I'm yeah. super into comics, yeah. and it's the year of the Batman films coming out, mm-hmm. uh, and wow. I went in and they had. The other secret superpowers figures. See, and I don't think, I think that even I even saw those. I don't. I, honestly, I was older than you and in college, and I don't think I knew. There they was existed like three either. waves, right? Mm-hmm, and they mm-hmm. they have like Red Tornado, the Martian Manhunter, mm-hmm. you know, firestorms in there, yeah, right? Firestorm, and which I, I would loved. Like, I I went in like I genuinely was like, I can't believe these things exist. <laughs> like I am I. Why do I not have all the money in the world right now? I really want <laughs> – I want all of these things.
0: You know, that's got to be like some weird, crazy – like everyone's got to have – I don't know. Not everyone, but for comic book nerds, I remember going inside the uh, Comics and Comics uh, on – I don't even know if it was called – I think it must have been called Comics and Comics unless it was called something else back then that was right in, in North Beach off Columbus And going in there, I think I must have been, again, 14 years old, 15 years old or something like that. And pressing my nose up against the glass because they had the hardcover uh, reprints of Alex Raymond's Flash Gordon. And just being like, oh my God, I, I don't even remember what I said to the clerk, but it was something so stupid like, you know, I've, I, I can't. I wish I could buy. I wish I could buy these. And he's like, "You can." And I'm like, "No, you don't understand." But I know what he was saying. He was like, yeah. you know, get out of here." They are
1: can. for sale. Go get a job. Get a job, teenager. Anyway, uh, uh, but yeah. yeah, no, no. Um, this, this, I loved superpowers. But the, the first wave only came out. And I could be wrong. And someone out there will know this much better than me. But I seem to remember that whereas the first wave of Superpowers was all that was released in the UK, mm-hmm. Europe in general, including the UK, had more Secret Wars figures than came out in the US.
0: I think that sounds right to me because there because definitely, definitely had Daredevil and the
1: Falcon mm-hmm. and shit. I can't remember who the bad guys. I could were.
0: have sworn that I saw the Falcon in the Secret Wars assortment.
1: In fact, why do I think
0: I I don't I know I didn't have it. I of course had the Migo Falcon, but. Boy, this, we are tripping so heavily down memory lane. Like, this is I, definitely this, the...
1: Do you know, it's all my fault, and do you know why? I said the casting is the only contemporary comic I've read this week. Mm-hmm. Everything else I've read has been a 2000 D comic published when I was a kid. Well, there you go, Graham. That counts I read, for fuck's sake. I read the Dreads, mm-hmm. Case Files 2, Dread Case Files eight. Holy shit. Uh, Dread Case of- Files
0: two is a am- has some amazing it's, it's shit. Cursed
1: in it. Earth and the Day of the Earth uh the day the law died. Oh that's like the entire book, Jeff. Wow. Wow. I mean it, it really is just uh, solid classics. I mean, one of those things that you really look at and you're like, oh these this really is classics wall to wall. Right. Right. It's right. an astounding collection. Yeah. Uh, and again, if you want to buy it digitally people uh Today's <laughs> website has for nine ninety nine right now. And it's like 500 pages. Uh, and uh, uh, volume 8 is the City of the Dam storylines in there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which do you I don't know if you've ever read. Or I didn't know. It. Nope. Uh, it's their follow-up to The Judge Child. Mm-hmm. So The Judge Child is essentially the Psy Division. They're, they're The Justice Department's psychic, c in the year 2020, which is like fourteen years, fifteen years off when when this story takes place. Right. Um Mega City One's going to be destroyed unless you find this one child who is going to save us. Right. And it's literally that's the McGuffin and then it's twenty six issues of uh Judge Dredd looking for this kid and failing to find him. Until he finally does find him. And then he's like, oh no, this kid's evil. Like this kid <laughs> it, this kid is not continuous. This kid is going to be the disaster. Mm-hmm. And so Dread basically abandons him on an alien planet. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, that's it. Like, you're, I'm not bringing you to Mega City 1, you're going to cause the disaster. Nope, done. And City of the Damned is the judges go, we've invented time travel, you can go forward and see what happened in 2020. Like, you, like you can check what happened. And they go forward and it's, it's dystopia. Because the judge child has become mutated and has come back, and it's just like he's turned everyone into vamp. All the judges are vampires, apart from Dread, who's a zombie. Oh and my so god! And so Dread has to fight Judge Dread, who's a zombie. Oh lord! Uh, Dread zombie literally pokes living Dread's eyes out. So Dread spends more than half the storyline blind. Oh, wow! Uh, but here's the amazing thing. Uh, and this is a thrill power overload, they talk about this. Wagner ran midway through the story we're like, Oh, we're bored. We'd like we're this story's not interesting to us. Fuck it, we're just gonna end it in an issue. <laughs> and they do <laughs> The last part is right. basically mean like fuck this shit, let's go back in time and just kill the fucking judge child and this <laughs> won't happen. <laughs> and that's what they do. <laughs> it's so great. Oh my it's god. It's so great. cause like they really ramp up, they're like, everyone's a fucking vampire, Problem: judge, dread who's a zombie. Oh no, like everyone's irradiated, there's nothing left in, in Mega City 1, there's like maybe 10 citizens. Oh shit. <laughs> and literally the last episode of the dread being like, fuck this, I'm going back in time, I'm just gonna kill the fucking judge child. And that's it, none of this is gonna come true. And even have characters being like, but how does, like, how does that even work? <laughs> <laughs> And he, he honestly is like, fuck if I know. And that's the end of the story. <laughs> it's so <over> great. It. <laughs> Anyways, I read those two books. I read uh, Robo Hunter Volume 1 and Ace Trucking Company Volume 1. Ooh. And that's what, I, that's what I've just been reading. Like, mm. And altogether, that's like 2,000 pages of prime Wagner and Grant from the 1980s. Wow. Wow. And that, it, so I'm the nostalgia one. Right. Am, I'm driving this nostalgia engine tonight. And I'm sorry,
0: everyone. That is, I, I, I forgive you anyway, Graham. So it's, it's probably better than me talking about, you know, how crazy and dumb. uh The oh my god, yeah, just having like I don't even remember if Duplex dies in here, but just having him pop up, oh, right? Yeah. yeah,
1: it's so great. It's like, oh, but it's not Cadmus. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely popped up, but this isn't Cadmus, you guys.
0: Yeah. Well, because so, it, it because it was, but it was it a was Cadmus site yeah. that became
1: corrupted or something like that, and yeah. But did you see quite how much of the Dark Matter books are seated in casting? I was genuinely surprised how unsubtle they are uh, in I'm... this scene of that stuff. The Silencers mentioned, you see whatever their Hulk mm-hmm. rip-off is called. Hmm. Um, Challengers obviously is going to feed into the Scott Snyder new Challengers book. Right. Uh, There's a there's a bunch there's a bunch of stuff in there that is going to lead directly into the the spinoff books.
0: Mm. Interesting. Okay. Well, that that sort of makes sense. I guess what I liked about it really was the there was something about, and again, it's that we it is that weird gimme of like I don't really know where Snyder's going with this, but it also sort of helped that. Um because it was just so speedy, I guess it 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 didn't have that like, you know, the really obvious jump-off scenes, I guess with the crossovers where you're like, where you say like, yeah, you can read about this in Challenger's 1. I mean, I kind of sent that was the one where I sensed it per se, but Duvelix just felt like there it really did feel like uh Snyder as fanboy was like, I want to jam as much stuff in in here that I'm that I'm into, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I kind of, I kind of dug it. So it totally, it totally worked for me. Um, I can sort of see actually why it wor- wouldn't work for some people because um, just because there was so much of it that seemed kind of short on, on, I guess, sense for lack of a better term, but for just made up for it with a lot of Brio, I guess. So I, I was into it. I was into it.
1: it. but it it is. Uh, it feels like a different Snyder from like the All Star Batman Snyder. Yeah, you know <sighs> that that one seems a lot more measured, and this one seemed like the, the Snyder who's just like fuck it. <laughs> Actually, you know the thing that I think I, is, I, I, think I prefer. Fuck it. I,
0: I I think I I like Fuck It Snyder a lot. Um, he changes gears though a lot. I feel like even his, um, you know the. The, as much as I loved the end of his Batman run, which was nuts in a lot of ways, it was also, you know, I was really into the, the meta of it. And, which I realize now, I'm like, oh Christ, when it, when the Joker's talking about like, you know, the code that they refer to by four letters, M-E-T-A, and I'm like, oh meta and metal. Oh, Jesus Christ. Like, it's really at that level of, like, dumb and unsubtle. Like, just complete. Yeah. I've had a lot of speed and I'm riffing like crazy. I kind of – which I kind of dig. But, like, Snyder – like, Snyder's stuff towards the end of Batman, on the one hand, was was insane, but also was more – to me, worked better on a thematic level, but – I sort of feel like I really enjoyed that first arc of All Star Batman, which really was him being like, "I'm
1: gonna be crazy." Like, I mean, it's fucking. Well, yeah, that 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 again was like, "Fuck it all." Exactly. I'm right, having but, Batman but, and Two Face fight on a riverboat. You know, which is but which that, is then great. the following arcs, the next two arcs yes, felt no, completely exactly. different.
0: Yeah, and I felt he was. He was like, "Okay, but let's get serious here." I think it really was him being like, "I can tell any Batman story that I want," you know, kind of deal. And I was, I was like, eh. Not I. I don't know. It's weird. I'm weirdly behind on the because I want to say was it a one or two part
1: the jock Mister Freeze story? Do you remember? Oh God! No that that was that was a one parter. Oh, and then okay. there's like three more one shows after that, and then there's a Raphael Albuquerque arc. Oh God! I gotta get like back you're to really that, behind.
0: Then. Yeah. No, I really am because it. Cause I had, I had the Jock one sitting there like forever. And again, it's that thing of I was getting the hard copies and then I didn't want to pay full price for the digital. But then I think I just said fuck it and I did. Or yeah, maybe I think that's how it worked out. Anyway, or I read it in print. I think the, I think that's right. I read all of them in print and then the last one in print I read was the Jock Mr. Freeze one parter. And I had like three issues after that. And I'm like, I'll put these aside and come back to them later. And it's like, Meh. never happened for him.
1: You disappeared, but then you came back. Okay. Cause I have to say, it is you who disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the funniest thing. When we were, when I met the Baxter building, mm-hmm. the last time when we had to drop call, mm-hmm. I, hearing it from your perspective was fascinating to me. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Because obviously, like for me, you're the one who dropped off, and I'm like, Jeff, can you not hear me? But all you heard was like, that, that, that. I remember answering being like, "That's not what happened at all."
0: <laughs> Reality is lying to me. Well, yes. let me talk very briefly about some of the comics that I read, uh, that that, or not, um, and then we can talk about some other stuff, but. You know, I have to say uh bo- one thing that I should mention that you should keep an eye out for when it makes to Marvel Unlimited. I don't know why I decided that I was going to buy this in real time, but I have been buying Rocket by uh, Al oh, Ewing. Like,
1: yeah. I've heard amazing things about it.
0: Yeah. Uh, Al Ewing and Adam Gor- Gorham on art. Uh, f- eat. The first two issues had their charms. I think it was Rich's Thing and Bleeding Cool, which is amazing that I saw because that site is cursed, as far as I can tell, unless I decide to put on ad blocker or something, which I may. Uh, I, I remember being really amused by Ewing's Daredevil riff on that. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I'll check this out. And I'll pick them all up. Read the first two issues. I'm like, yeah, okay, this is not much good. All right. But the third issue is kind of great. The third issue is Ewing taking all of his 2000 AD chops and just, and just, and just kind of being like, yeah, it's that classic, like rocket is trapped inside an absolutely unbreak, you know, space prison that, that no one has ever broken out of. And, 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 and he just does it and it's. It's just beautiful the way that it's done. It's really just one well, of those that, things. That's what I'd
1: heard. I, mm-hmm. What I'd heard before is basically like, oh, this is 2000 AD L.U.ing getting to do mm-hmm. a Marvel book with the tech net from Excalibur. Right. And yeah, I, yeah, I was like, up. oh, okay, that, that pretty much sounds like something I would very much enjoy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you'd be into
0: it. It was, it would, that was really good. The weird flip side actually is I have to say, I think, I read Suicide Squad issue 21 and I, that is book it is, done? It, it, it's, yeah, it's pretty much done for me. I think I was so on board with it and I'm trying to figure out if part of it is the rotating artists killed it. I mean, cause they have somebody, this issue of 21 is like, whoever they found, God bless them. I'm going to like, bad mouth them and it's going to later turn out that they're like oh would you mean up and coming superstar like where is it yeah i'm, f-
1: I'm fan of the podcast <laughs> yeah right uh that would
0: that would also suck um i just I, it just it was a step down from tony daniels stuff and it was also and so it really laid things kind of bare vasquez why do they they must mention his full name here right or her full name Wow, do they not have credits in this issue? I know I'm just flipping through it too quickly to to catch them. Uh, Gus uh, Yeah. I don't know. Dude, this is kind of, this is something else that I've noticed. Like it kind of bugged me with Rocket that they had like the last page credit sequence. You know, like one thing is like on the first page, they have just the editorial staff. Oh, here it is. It's at the bottom of it. That was so ugly. Yeah. Gus Vasquez, not really. I'm not really a fan. He's he's no Tony Daniel, who, as you know, I do like in some circumstances and in Suicide Squad, I was like, "Eh, whatever, I'll go with him. Yeah, I just – I feel like – I just feel – because, I mean, it's 21 issues. Admittedly, in rebirth time, that means two years. But how many artists have they gone through, like, consequently? It just doesn't feel – Well, no, it's 21 issues, which means not even a year.
1: Right. It's been less than they're double shipping.
0: Right. But I mean, like, it's – I mean, two years' worth of content. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that that – I think it's fair to say, like, they've had 21 issues. Saying that, you know – if you normally say that a comic book has been running less than a year and has had four artists on it, you know,
1: changes, four artist changes. Well, it's, it's, had, it's had more. Think about it. Yeah. It was announced as Jim Lee rotating with Philip Tan. Philip Tan never did an arc. Yeah. He only did the rebirth issue, and then he was already off because they put him in Hellblazer. Mm-hmm. Then he was replaced by... Was John Romita Jr. JR. Uh, you mean Lee or... Well, yeah, was Lee re- replaced by John Romita? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Was...
1: And then Rebita was replaced by Daniel.
0: Yep. Exactly. And I think Daniel was just replaced by Vasquez this issue, unless someone last There was, issue there was one, I-
1: yeah, there was one issue in between.
0: Right. Who, where the work was like, mm, mm-hmm. But yeah, so there's ton of that. Of course they've had the, the backup artists that they've worked really hard to, you know, they worked really hard to make it work. And admittedly, my understanding is, is that this book has not been very strong in the sales. You know, they, I mean, they kept up their commitment to do it for two years or just under two years, but it's, you know, it's not, it started high and has continued to drop, I think,
1: right? I think, isn't it still dropping? Isn't it somewhere in like I, the mid thirties or something? I assume, I assume it is. I couldn't tell you. Right. Uh, as far as I know, like all the rebirth books are pretty much dropping. Yeah. Well, of course. But like, but you know, all books drop. Like, I don't mean that in the sense of like, Rebirth. was a failure. I mean it in the sense of like, all books drop. I can't think of any book that's actually gone up. No, 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 I know. But I mean like, it's, it's higher than what they're thinking
0: of as standard attrition. And there are some books that are higher than that. Yeah, I honestly don't know. Yeah, so anyway, uh, so all all I'm saying is, is that it could be the point where like, their DC has been like, you know what? We did our best, you know. We put our marquee artists on this, for fuck's sake, you know. Um, pretty much everyone, everyone
1: who was on metal, except for Andy Cooper, you know. And uh yeah, I, I I was actually noticing that all the people who were heading up and um, Dark Matter books have had a have had a run on Suicide Squad.
0: Yeah, exactly. So so clearly DC tried to tried to make it work. But I kind of feel like, and I don't know if that's the problem or if there's just, a like, Williams, uh, was not giving the, the, the fan base the suicide squad that they wanted, you know, and of course he came up with some excellent 2008 D-esque, um, solutions to some of the problems for the- What for I the
1: honestly film. think it is, is it launched really high because of Lee, mm-hmm. uh, but the movie disappointed enough people and Lee didn't stick around. Could be. I mean, I, 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 that makes a lot of sense. I, I, to I'd me. be, yeah. I'd be super curious comparing the sales of this volume compared with like any other super, Suicide Squad comic, put it that way. Mm-hmm. Cause mm-hmm. I bet the sales are still significantly higher, but it might just be that as a comic, it has a limited appeal. Could be.
0: Well, and such is the case, but I think that this was the issue where I was like, uh. And that yeah. doesn't include me. Yeah, right. This, the, yeah. like this is definitely kicking into, you know, our our budget's shot, and and we'll see we'll see how long they've got,
1: or how long Williams has got on it. I well, don't know. yeah, it's a, is Williams not actually? I'm I reading solicits. I was assuming that Williams was heading to off the book. Wouldn't definitely me. definitely they're talking about like you know it's all be leading to this, which genuinely means yeah, like the writer is leaving the book. Right. One thing that I do love
0: uh now that I'm a little more read is I uh because uh I, have you been following the have you been following the book or um yes. okay what I think is great is is that, and this is so weird it was like this weird nagging in the back of my head there was something that kept ringing a bell because the suicide squad have been going up against the people uh led by directorate carla uh who's you know who has saved the peanut talking cosmonaut among others and we finally get to meet Carla in a showdown with uh, Amanda Waller at the end of of this issue and I'm like oh right director Carla is the nemesis to George Smiley I think in um, the spy who came in from the cold I don't know if he's <laughs> part of the Carla trilogy but definitely Tinker Taylor soldier spy uh, he he is Smiley's opposite number and actually has gotten the best of him and, in fact, I can't remember. I think that one, Smiley's People, and maybe a third book might be known as the Carla Trilogy. And I really have this thing of, like, I suspect that there is, like, if you apply to write for 2000 AD, they pretty much ask you how much Lucario you've read. And you have to list off the books. And if it's, like, less than well, three, bare, they like, won't let you write
1: for them, you know? Remember that Williams was part of the Trifecta team. Yeah, which it brought back you know, Judge, Judge Smiley at the end, right? yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and was very much, uh, maybe not Lucario influenced, but definitely aware of Lucario. Well, yeah,
0: it, it gotta be. I mean, you really do when you see, when you see Judge Smiley come out and it, it really yeah, but, is. Yeah, but even
1: beyond Judge Smiley, like the, the structure of that book and the structure of, of, of the, the three series interlocking and the, the, the yeah. moving parts at play. Right. You know, you're like, okay, you, you know, you've re- you've read this stuff. Yeah. Or at least you've seen the Alec Guinness TV shows. Right. <laughs> right.
0: Exactly. So seeing director Carla, I was like, oh shit, why didn't I pick up on this earlier? So yeah, that was kinda neat. You're right, I totally forgot that Williams was part of Trifecta, so I wonder if... anyway, so that was that was kinda fun. But yeah, Suicide Squad, weird and not good. Uh as you know, uh Deathstroke with issue twenty one is shifting to being three ninety nine and I'm monthly monthly yeah and it's really interesting that it happens right at the time that priest changes up the storyline with you know slaves significantly simplicity. yeah exactly yeah. very much like uh, he's he's going good he's assembling a team um and and we'll see how it plays out it was kind of it's I I'm st- so weirdly enough even as I'm kind of like mm, suicide squad I don't know I don't know if I'm still going to stick with you Deathstroke is just weird enough uh I never thought that that would be a book that
1: I would have It's kind of nuts cuz isn't Deathstroke like 20 or 21? It's it's so 21 It's so weird to be mm-hmm. it's so weird to think like we're 21 issues into a Deathstroke run and it's still surprising interesting yeah compelling in its own weird way and I It's think a fucking so. Deathstroke book Yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and part of the way that I think Priest has done that is he's not writing cliche Deathstroke. No, no, no. And every other Deathstroke book prior to this has been like, Slade's a badass. Mm -hmm. He's got his own moral code, but it's not that moral, if you know what I mean. And he's a badass. And Priest is like, "Uh, he's kind of a completely fucking broken man who maybe he's going to try and be a superhero because he's realized that everything is, he's fucked up up until now. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, that, kind of makes sense but what happened to the slade's a badass like slade's good up against wonder woman because he's a badass he's got a sword <laughs> made of gods well okay but see which no, this... is actually a Tony Daniel plot in case you weren't oh I, Tony I, Daniel did. I, I, st- I started with deathstroke
0: at Tony Daniel and I was like this is awesome and by like the third issue he was like I'm just gonna be writing and I'll be letting my friends draw and I'm like goodbye <laughs> Goodbye, Tony Daniel, because you cannot.
1: And then by that he like, he's like, "I'm going to be both. co-writing."
0: Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah no, it just, it, yeah. But anyway, so, but the thing actually, I, I, I actually want to take it one, one step further, and I think what works with Priest is he really continues to do like at every point in these twenty issues, Deathstroke has been a super badass. What it is is that he, but like someone like Tony Daniel, God bless him cannot really get the storytelling chops to do the okay but what's what's the flip side of a narrative who you know of a character who's like a super badass like that can make him interesting and it's like the idea that he's such a significantly flawed human being um that he you know, is his, he's not his own worst enemy, but he basically more or less creates them out of the people that he loves because he's just that dysfunctional, you know, and messed up. And, and so Priest really does give you the, cause I mean, he's, you know, he had an issue where he more or less beats Superman, you know, and, but the way that he has him set it up and do it, I, I guess it's just the fact that Priest is actually is a really um, is a really smart guy who, uh, weirdly enough, for someone who seems to, you know, love plotting by the seat of his pants and not telling his editors or collaborators what he's up to. Uh, it can really pay some
1: good dividends. Uh, and so the stuff here. Well, yeah. I, I the thing is, like he, I think he definitely has a plan. Mm-hmm. Oh, he totally does. Like, like it may seem like he's plotting by the seat of his pants, and perhaps he is not telling anyone else what he's up to, but he's clearly up to something. Oh, he's up to
0: something. Yeah, I, I guess what I mean is is that, um, at least from reading the first <laughs> introductory essay in Clank or uh whatever that that book was about his quantum and his return to Quantum and Woody. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. There, it was filled with, and and some of this is also taken from Matt Troll's. Awesome review of same, which got, which we published, is published on the, on the website. Uh, priest is really self-defeating in a lot of those things. Like, well, cause I mean, he's sort of, he says, he's like, oh, I have a plan. He's like, I just don't like, I just don't like figuring out the details of the plan. You know what I mean? Like, he likes knowing how he's going to get there, but he, he, half of it really seems, Kind of semi-improvisational, sort of, but he he gets really annoyed if he gets because he said one of the things that kept coming up was is that the editors and the collaborator, you know, and Bright kept asking him like, "Well, no, but how's where is this going? But no, but how are you going to get there?" And Priest was like, "Well, fuck it, if you guys don't trust me, this is stupid. This is never going to happen," you know, kind of thing, which is kind of amazing. But you know, and I, I really was. I was like, hmm. It's not. That's not going to work. Like that doesn't. That can't play in today's market. Uh, and again, sales wise, I think I think Deathstroke's kind of in not great shape. I think it's at one of the lower tiers of the Rebirth titles. But um, you know, which is why they're. I think part of the reason why they've moved it to monthly in three ninety nine to see if they can bolster keep it afloat. Yeah, yeah. Exactly.
1: Well that that's happening with a, a number of books. I could be wrong, I think that, uh, Aquaman's now monthly in three ninety nine as well.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: Um I but as as far as I know, and I could be mistaken, definitely Rich has said this more than once on Bleeding Cool. Um the plan was always to take them back to monthly? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, right. And uh, if they're basically if they're staying past a year at, at twice monthly It's because it's been a a happy surprise. Right, yeah, because it's
0: been a large sales success, and the idea was to move most of them back there. I've definitely heard that as as rumor, um, but it does look like some of the timing makes me uh, think that, At first they were like, oh, no, this is working well. We should definitely keep doing this. And then at a certain point they're like, oh, holy shit, this is not working well. We're going to really have to change this up for things. I guess what I'm saying is one of the things that's a bummer is is that I do – I really like Deathstroke. My worry is is that sort of like Suicide Squad, it is maybe not finding its place in the market, which is a shame because it really does seem to me to be like – I mean, I don't know. I think I'm really far out of touch with what you want for from
1: what your average Deathstroke fan is. Oh yeah, I, I guess that's I, that's where I was going to say. I was like, you know, it might be finding that there is no place for a book like that in the market. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, which might be sadly be where we're at with a lot of these comics. Mm-hmm. That they can be great and we can enjoy them. Yeah, but there's not enough people there to to. Want to buy them? Well, which is which is a shame. Not surprising, but very much a
0: shame because it, it there is a little bit of the ah, oh, but you know, <laughs> quality quality is supposed to work in the marketplace, right, guys? Isn't it? Like, aren't you supposed to be? Isn't that the idea that if you have somebody, if you <laughs> got, really,
1: what when has that yeah. been true? Yeah. Well, I don't know. It goes through periods. We all have, but we all have beloved titles mm-hmm. that just died a death. Sure, absolutely. Absolutely. And but from, in, from all periods of comics. Yeah, yeah. No,
0: I, I agree. And probably more so now than then. But there's also books that are you know, it's funny. I know that it's not your cup of tea, but I do remember what it was like to read those full page ads of Alan Moore's prose with like the the Toddlebend Beset illustrations and for for the early issues of Saga of the Swamp Thing. And just really making me kind of sit up and take notice, you know, and make the jump over to check that book out. You know, Um, I want to say that's sort of the same thing that happened to me with Thriller is although I mean, they didn't do an excerpt of the prose, but I remember them sort of pushing Thriller the book kind of hard in the pages of. Some of the comics that I was reading at the time and being like, oh, I've, I've got to check this out. And it really was like DC being like, this is a
1: thing. This is a special yeah, thing. And the same, the same was true of Game & Sandman. Right. Like you remember, you remember the big push for issue eight, right? That's right. Yeah. 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 There was I, a really I, dramatically big push for issue eight. Yeah. And I want to say there was like extra advertisements in, in certain titles for it. I think that might there be was definitely right. yeah. like, didn't they issue like a special edition of it? Mm -hmm. When it came out and I had like extra stuff in the start that was like, here's basically what you've missed in the seven previous issues. But they were really like, I remember being very heavily pushed with issue eight. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, they were like, this is the comic, you guys. Mm
2: -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I guess, you know,
0: I mean, you see DC is clearly doing that with like, metal, you know, but part of me is like, yeah, but guys, come on. You know, I mean, sort of me is like,
1: that's kind of a gimme. You know? Yeah, but here's the thing. I think that, um like if Mr. Miracle is in sales trouble. Oh yeah. By Mr. issue Miracle. like five. Mm-hmm. I think you're going to see a really heavy push to get that book to issue 12. That's and true. it's a 12 issue miniseries and yeah. we, like it's been announced as such, yeah. but I, I think DC is going to do whatever it has to do to get it to issue 12.
0: Oh, I think, I, I, I agree with you.
1: I think, like even if, even if it's make it. like a terrible sales loss. Sure. I think that, I think that's going to be. You know they really are just going to be like, no no no, no 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 this this book' we're like it doesn't matter if we have to put like you know here is a twenty page preview in the back of your comics right or whatever i th- I think they will do it for that book
0: well, because they you know they all but did that for Omega men they had you know what I mean they had to they were... I,
1: I I genuinely
0: don't remember a massive push for Omega men
1: after lunch uh
0: well to me, it's just the fact they didn't cancel it. I mean, that you could say was enough of a push. Like when you say they, they clearly committed to those 12 issues, um, you know, well, they, but to, mind, like, they okay, had man, them. They didn't. They, well, they, they canceled it. And no, they that's what I'm going to say. They canceled it and uncancelled it. They walked back their cancellation on it. But that's what I'm saying is, is like when they walked back their cancellation on it, they were committing to it because I mean, clearly it wasn't selling enough for them to, to want to keep going on it. You know? At the point where they cancel it. So yeah, no, and I agree. That is, that is, that is great. And you're right. That is one of those things that I was, I should have paid attention to in that sense of like, oh, right. I have seen ads for that in the back of some of the books that I was reading, uh, this week.
1: Yeah. I, I saw that Mr. Miracle has started being advertised. Yeah. Which is, which I'm, I'm still just so fucking excited about that book. Yeah. Yeah. I <laughs> they they did the preview too, yeah. for issue two. Mm-hmm. This week on Twitter and I was just like, You motherfuckers <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: Continuing yeah. with the D C trip, I should mention that I read uh Batman issues twenty five and twenty six. The uh the
1: the the war of jokes and riddles. And here's where I have to ask the obvious question. Why? Um you Is it know, just at this point, you're hoping it's going to get better or are you wanting to be upset?
0: Oh no. It's 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 hoping that it would get better. I actually heard some things from, uh, actually, uh, Todd Allen, a friend of the podcast sent me an email. He also runs really hot and cold with King, um, and seemed to like some of the same stuff that I liked and seemed to really hate some of the same stuff that I hated. And he really liked issue 25 a lot. Um, and was like, yeah, you should check it out. And, I did, and I actually thought that issues twenty five and twenty six were were both pretty good, like really enjoyable, a little bit on the something side like i think honestly I think that king is um i think he would i think i'm not sure the bi weekly schedule suits him, frankly, I think he's come up with some ways to work around it um you know, but some of the some of the story t- storytelling in issue 25 I really loved and thought it was very well done. I think it also helps that maybe issues 25 and 26 both focus well, particularly 25 focuses much more on the villains than it does on mm-hmm. Batman, you know, mm-hmm. and that framing device I think works for me a lot better in a
1: way. I am so. not going to reveal myself to be a liar cuz it strikes me that I've actually read issue 27.
0: Yeah. Ah. Uh,
1: yeah, you would have read it this week, you liar. <laughs> which very much is a villain story because it's the interlude issue. Mm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. It's uh, the Ballad of Kite Man. Hmm. Oh it's, yeah, it's right. Cape Man, it's Kite Man's origin. Wow. Yeah. Uh, uh, which is a direct result of what is going on in the mm-hmm. rest of the story. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and it is a Kite Man story with Batman appearing in like two panels. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And so I think that's really, we'll see, we'll see where King goes with it, but with Batman, Batman's not as much in the background in issue 26 as he was in 25, sure, but, he, yeah. Yeah. but he still is pretty heavily in the background. And so it's, it clearly suits King. And like I said, I, I mean, of course, part of it is he's, he's back with um, his, you know, frequent collaborator, Mikhail Janin, uh, who does beautiful work and he gives, gives him some rules. pulls out really good stuff from King as Mm -hmm. well. Yeah. I think that's, I think that, that would be safe to say that the two of them have a really good, uh, collaborative sense. So no, no, I was not doing it to, to drive myself crazy. I had heard decent things and I mostly subscribe to them. I mostly subscribe to them. You know, part of the, um, I don't know. Uh, one of the premises behind the War of Jokes and Riddles is the idea that the Joker's kind of lost his, his mojo, which is, um, which I remember kind of fondly from the Marv Wolfman Jim Aparo days, I want to say.
1: Unless it was Perez. I think it was Apero. Oh, no shit. Yeah. In the, in the mid eighties. Yeah. That's Batman 450. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. So it's, it's
1: like, I remember the cover. It's a Norm Breifogel cover.
0: That's right. The Norm Brayfogle covers. Yeah. Which I think we talked about you know, uh, within the last few years of the podcast. So there's part of me where it's like, it could help that it's also um, sort of ringing my chimes. But there is, there's, there's, there also is some, some, again, still some of the nipple tweaking uh that King is doing. I'm like, okay, okay. You can just sort of lay, lay off that a little bit. So, but I don't think I'm going to be that lucky. A book that I love that, uh, also, I'm going to complain about for schedule-related reasons. It will become apparent once I say the title: "Chilling Adventures of Sabrina" issue seven. <laughs> yeah, that will be the comic that
1: launched in like 2014 or something. Oh, god damn it, Graham! It drives when, me. When did it crazy. launch? I'm going to look this up. You should. Chilling Adventures of Sabrina did launch in 2014. And they're up to issue seven. Yeah. Good job, everyone.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's it's a heartbreaker. It's a heartbreaker because. Cause you know, god damn it, the quality is still there. I love this issue. I really did. I thought it was, it was r- really enjoyable. And it's, I don't know, it says that it's 43 issues, but that's ignoring the backup. It, it, when you count the backup, it's still, it's still something like a 32 page issue of, of, of you know, of the new content. But, uh, I, I love it, but at the same time, I'm just so frustrated. Like that is, you know, Aguirre Sacasa and, and still keeping himself tied to Archie, you know, there, the, you, you know, given the choice between making a Riverdale TV show and getting your Afterlife with Archie series out on time, it's clear which one you're going to go with, but it's also, it's also just so heartbreaking in a way. Cause I'm just like, I I, I don't... The Sabrina stuff is something that... It, it really was such... I liked it even more than Afterlife with Archie, which is why as soon as I saw that this issue was out, I'm like, okay, I'm buying it digitally. I know there's a hard copy sitting for me in the comic book store. I don't care. I want to read this issue now, even though it's been like 11 months since the last issue. It would be awesome if Sabrina ends up actually in the next issue of this being... um captured by the authorities and sent to bitch planet. Cause I think that that would be the perfect scheduling crossover. You know what I mean? Like they could <laughs> oh actually, God, they, they could Talk. be,
1: what is that? Is that like, not a cool thing to say? <laughs> they, <laughs> <laughs> I, I just feel that the Kelly Sue Declanik, bitch planet fans are going to come and kill us now. I doubt it for what
0: saying that the book was late. That's not, I think I bitched about it. And you know, when I was basically complaining, about a variety of things among other things. I'm really interested by the fact that like images is is back below 10% of, of, uh, of market share, right? Isn't it like down to eight or something? Yeah. Yeah. Which really does have that thing of like, I, I mean, again, I just, we talked about this like within a half dozen episodes or something, but I, I do have that thing of like, Ooh, I really wonder if everyone had been shipping at, wicked and divine levels you know or you know it's like
1: when you say levels you mean
0: frequency yeah just just degree of frequency because i because i feel like um i feel like wicked and divine has dropped a little bit but it's still you know it's still it may it may be selling less per issue than sex criminals at least on an initial printing but but it's coming out way more frequently you know what i mean and i think that that's that's better for business it's getting weird to think that rick remender is actually going to end up being like you know the second second quote-unquote most reliable image creator um after like robert kirkman that's kind of that's kind of a that's a weird thing to contemplate
1: now oh, it'll be ilgo kirkman gillen and and McKelvey for The Wicked and Divine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aaron, maybe, for, for Southern Bastards? Southern Bastards has
0: not been publishing – it's only it's only managed to squeeze out, like, 16 issues over three – what, three really? and a half, three
1: years. Oh, shit. Yeah. I honestly thought Southern Bastards was back on track, but no. clearly not. No, it's not. Let's see. At when is let's, look at the, let's look at the publishing frequency. That's the good thing about the image website. It actually has specific dates. Oh, good. Yep. Yeah, Southern Bastards, uh, what yeah. it is, is I've been lured, l- lulled into false sincerity by their solicits. Oh. Mm. And their solicits are 17 on August 2nd, mm-hmm. 18 on August 16th, mm-hmm. 19 on September 13th, and 20 on October 11th. But let's look at what the actual publication dates have been, shall we? Yeah, let's. Let's see. Oh, it's rough. Yeah, see? Oh, it's rough. Yeah. 16, January 2017. Mm -hmm. 15, November 2016. Mm -hmm. 14, May 2016. Yeah. 13, January 2016. Yep. Oh, man. Yeah, see? So that's Uh, what I'm saying.
0: You are not to be trusted with your list. Gillen and McCovey are right up there. But Remender has... no, I mean, yeah, in well, the sense of, like, publishing with frequency. Their publishing frequency is really good. But I honestly think when you factor in that Remender has had multiple titles that are – and and that have come out with, with I think, a certain degree of regularity and with some higher sales. And the fact that his most recent one with Jerome Pena seems to have been doing gangbusters in terms of sales – um and also, I think is, is striking relatively strong. I think he's, I think he's a, he's a, he's a major earner to use the, the, the gang turners that we love. So he's, he's a major I, earner I, I'm for image. I'm going
1: to look up, I'm going to look up the sales for, uh, Romantic. Do you remember what the, what the new book's called? Uh, I forget seven to eternity, seven with eternity. The, the seven to eternity. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, when did that launch? Do you know?
0: Uh, no idea. I, I, I well, let,
1: let's just see what the sales were like For last month and we'll see if it shows up there Yeah it may not Because it is It's Hang publishing on, just, with it, pen, yes, so yeah. 7 to Eternity because honestly You saying this is maybe the most I've heard about it Since it launched hmm. that's So really that's fun. why I'm like Is it really a sale? Is it, is it really a Maybe I don't know I've maybe, yeah, heard yeah. no one say anything hmm. Uh it's also seemingly taking months off.
0: Uh that could be that could be seven to eternity. It's up to Yeah, six it seven. is.
1: Mhm. Between issues 4 and 5, that's December to April.
0: Mhm. Yeah, that's not so great.
1: And then May and then July. Mhm. Mhm. So it's it's not the most regular. But okay, let's look uh let's look at May. Let's look at May sales. And you can yeah, I can see where it is. Mhm. May 2017. 30,000, which is actually pretty good for an image book, I guess. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's up there. I mean, but again, when you factor in, I mean, I don't think low sold especially well, but
1: like, like that might be the best selling image book of that month With that isn't a walking dead. Yeah. It is. It's right. the best selling image book this month that isn't walking dead. See, that's the thing. It's being talked about like
0: it's a hit. It's, it's like, it's kind of a big, it's in theory, by image terms, it's a
1: big, big deal. So. Well, I I I am wrong. I I part of it is as you as we know as we've talked about, um, Romander just doesn't work for me.
0: He doesn't work for me either. That's why I don't have any. I I why I mentioned him had really nothing to do about. You didn't you love his X Force? Am
1: I imagining that?
0: No no no. I did. I love. I well. I love. I loved his X Force. Yeah yeah. Seriously, with Jerome O'Pena, which is part of the reason why I should probably check out. Um, I should check out 7 to Eternity maybe. But honestly, it was diminishing returns for me. I never made it to the end of the run. I think I was off by before issue 20 maybe. I think I made it through three arcs. The first arc, of course, was Opeña and it was beautiful. And then I, don't, I can't remember who the second arc was. It didn't really float my boat but as time went on, I was kind of like, A, Remender, I realized really lived and died by the strength of his collaborators, which, I mean, is no crime. It's common. Yeah, there's, there's nothing you know? wrong with that. And, 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 that's and true in fact, he knows people. the strength of his collaborators. But, you know, he, uh, he went from that to, of course, uncanny Avengers to being unable to take any criticism whatsoever. And so he went from a guy that I was like, I had been crazy about him, loved X-Force kind of was like, uh, diminishing returns. I think that might've also had some chipping problems at a certain point. Um, and then he made the jump to image and was cranking out a lot of titles. And I just, I never got into those. I never got into fear agents. Like just like, I actively disliked low a lot. Um, deadly class. I was like, I'm not,
1: I'm not, I, so I'm really not, I'm really not
0: a reminder fan. Um,
1: I think I told yeah, you. That. Yeah, I, I but yeah, I, yeah, seven to seventy had completely bypassed me, and it does look like it's um by images terms a hit. Yeah, that, and that's the weird thing, like by images terms, which is you Frankly,
0: know, Marvel's if, terms now. You know,
1: well, that that's true. Because I, I was going to say, you know, it's the sales, same sales figures that we're like, oh, Marvel books are in trouble, mm-hmm. but also our hits. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, Mm -hmm. it's the same sales level as Captain America, so. Right.
0: Yeah, so there you go. Without nearly the amount of like, hey, here we are talking about it on, you know, ABC and USA Today, and we still can't get more than 32,000 copies sold, you know? So, I mean, that's, that's just... So anyway, all all of which is to say I, I'm not really sure. Again, I'm in this weird zone of like I don't I was not meaning to make any sort of case for Remender. I just really think that actually it the it's not it's not my opinion. I think if you talk to people in the know, if you talk to like for me, if you talk to the people at Comics Experience, for example, I would it would not surprise me if Hibbs and Doug and Maybe even the guys over at, at Outpost would be like, Oh yeah, no, Remender, remember's kind of a big deal, which is amazing to me. Cause I'm like, Well,
1: him? I, I, here's like, I, yeah, I don't like his books. Like I, it just doesn't work for me. I don't mm-hmm. dislike his books. It literally is a case of like, I don't get it. Mm-hmm. It's like Hickman. I don't get it. I right. just don't. Yeah. I'm really sorry. I know everyone would like me to get it. I would like to get it, mm-hmm. but I just don't. Yep. Um, But at the same time, I'm weirdly happy for him if he ends up being, like, you know, an image success story.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Well, and again, the thing about Seven to Eternity was I wrote him off, I think, before, like, within a few issues of Deadly Class and Low. Uh and I didn't even bother with black science, which I guess some people dug. And then he just sort of seemed to, uh, I didn't hear much talk about him. I'm like, oh okay, fizzled out, kinda had his day, that was it. And then Seven to Eternity was kinda back and big and it was like, Oh, and that's him? Shit. Okay. Well, there you go. So
1: yeah, can't can't
0: really count the guy out,
1: but even was, though he not do much But for was there not stuff happening with him? Was that not the reason he also disappeared from Marvel? Like, did he not actually put that out there? As in, like, there's personal things happening. That's why I'm leaving Marvel. Uh, I don't... There, I, I might be misremembering that. No, but no. But I, I, I do remember, like, he basically disappeared from Marvel when uh, all-new-all-different Marvel was announced. Yeah. And that he did put something out there along the lines of, like, I've had... Like, things are happening. I've had to really prioritize my time. Yeah. um, And, and to be honest, like, the image stuff is more important to me than the Marvel stuff. Yeah. And so I'm not doing anything with Marvel. I'm not like, we've not fallen out. It just, I don't have time for that much anymore. And so when he disappeared, his image books disappeared, I kind of just assumed, oh, whatever was going bad is still going bad.
0: Yeah. And that I think that makes sense. Again, I just have that weird, like you just sort of weird half ass barely assembled because I wasn't paying attention. Certainly, I feel like the back pages of Lowe made it sound like, Remender was saying basically something along the lines of like, I've, I've struggled with depression um, a lot and it's been hard lately. And I think that was a little bit of his talk about low was his attempt to kind of take a lot of his depressive tendencies and try and funnel it into a, a big narrative, like a big kind of epic fantasy type book. And if I'm remembering correctly, and it made that, I don't know if he drew the connections as to why that's why he stepped back from Marvel and why he's done some of the changes that he's done. But I don't, I don't know. I'm frankly, like I said, kind of because he's not my cup of tea, I haven't really paid that much attention. So when his stuff did kind of go off the radar, part of me was like, I don't know. Again, it's that weird thing of you know to bring it on to bring it all back to bitch planet. Like people have these reasons for why they don't do what they're don't keep pub- their publications on a regular schedule, and sometimes it's like life stuff, and sometimes it's you know good life stuff, and sometimes it's bad life stuff, and that's just you, I, I shouldn't fault them for it, but it also is a thing of. I don't know. It it's hard for me to look at look at Im- images market share and not be like I wonder if things would be different if it was. Because say what you will about about uh Kirkman and you know he has a super powerful secret weapon named Charlie Adlard who has drawn who draws at a ridiculously fast rate at a level that's incredibly consistent and there, there were, or in the first few years of Walking Dead, there were points and periods where I remember, um, Hibbs chiding Kirkman for barely being able to keep a schedule. And Kirkman was very much of the, no, 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 you're going to get 12 issues this year kind of thing. And, and Hibbs being like, it doesn't matter. I'm not talking about 12 issues a year if you're going to end up releasing, you know, three issues in a month to try and make up for your schedule and destroy, you know, be there every month on the stands. And I think, I think there's something that's really important to that. I say, but you know, but I also turned around and bought, you know, chilling adventures of Sabrina issue seven, the instant it came out, you know, at but at Pearl the same Valley. time,
1: like that's a, that's a book. You're a massive fan of, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Right. If that's the book you enjoyed reading, Mm-hmm. You wouldn't have it. Right. Or at least speaking from my experience.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, there's one thing for a book being a regular occurrence.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And you're, and basically momentum can carry you through. Right. Oh, and I'm, sh- en- I'm enjoying this book, sure. I'm going right. to keep picking it up. But a book disappears for a year and you're like, oh, I think I enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Y- you won't pick up the next issue. Right. You'd be like, oh, I remember that book. Oh, it's the really, cause you either have the, has it really taken a year for it to come out? Mm-hmm. Oh well. Or you'll have the, I probably missed some issues. Right. I, I won't bother picking this up. Right. Exactly. Exactly.
0: You know, and it's true. There is a thing with Sabrina. Like if I had missed the issue in between this, um, I would have been like, Oh, fuck this then, you know?
1: No, but um, would you? Cause again, you're buying digitally. Like it would have been easy enough for you to be like, Oh, I guess I'll buy two. Well, yeah, it depends.
0: I mean, and that's also, I think where price comes in. Because if it's if it was like oh there's another issue here and it's two ninety nine that's great. If it was like oh I missed an issue and it was four ninety nine, so I've got to spend like ten dollars to get two issues. Yeah, that that,
1: that 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 is the thing. When you're like oh, I mean that's like um, All-Star Batman.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: All-Star mm-hmm. Batman, five dollars an issue.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: And that's just nuts.
0: Yeah, it is. It is. It was totally crazy. And there were points where I really was. I would just sit there and be like, fuck, I really want to read this, but I'm not going to get to the story this week. But they've totally pulled it for me. I've missed the last three issues. And who knows? Maybe that is the reason why, like, All-Star Batman did not have – its sales were dropping, as I recall, right? They actually had shed a lot of readers over its run, which was sort of surprising and potentially troubling, I would think. But um, you know, I have to roll things back a little bit and mention that Brew Baker and Phillips also are dudes who are pretty consistent with image. And I don't think of that because, of course, they're doing different series all the time. (laughs) But but if you, for me, if I think about it, I'm like, oh right. You take the number of issues of, you know, they they pretty much keep publishing more often than not, and it's you know. It's monthly, it's just like there might be, sometimes there's not even a gap from when they jump from like a criminal arc over to, uh, whatever the, whatever the damn supervillain arc was, you know, they don't- Incognito. Yeah, incognito and then back to criminal and then to the fade out, or, uh, I should say fatal, the fade out, killer be killed. They've got a, they've got a lot of stuff under their belt. And actually I, I read killer be killed issue 10, um this, this week and, and enjoyed it. I think it came out the week prior, but out of all the stuff that I'm like, yes, I read this and I enjoyed this. That's, that's one of
1: the I, I, I think that Brubaker and Phillips have fallen into, if there's such a thing as a happy rut, mm-hmm. then, then I think that's where they are, especially in terms of their audience. Mm-hmm. I hear nothing. Yeah. About Brubaker and Phillips books. Mm hmm. Other than from the people who've been reading them all along. Like me. And will <laughs> buy them no matter what. But you know what I mean? Like, I don't hear anyone yeah. else being like, you know what? I've been kind of cool cool, and Brubaker before this, mm-hmm. but this book's really great. You just don't hear that. No, you really <laughs> but, don't. You know, yeah. they, they, have de- they have their dedicated audience, and it's clearly making them money, so... You know, go with God.
0: No, and that dedicated audience tends to hover around. I want to say, like, every once in a while you'll get a blip. Like, I want to say, didn't Fatal launch really big because it landed right in the middle of Sex Criminals 1 and Wikidiv Div and all that other stuff? Like, it launched at a really large, for them, like 30,000, 40,000 copies for that it's first March issue.
1: 2015, so let's go March 2014, Comicron, and we will see. Let's see. Let's see where, where Fatal ended up. Oops. Let's remember how to use a computer. <laughs> uh, no. No, that can't be right. What? That's issue 21.
0: Oh, of Fatal? Yeah I, yeah, I should have realized that was wrong because they did, they did something like 30 issues or something
1: of, of that yeah. book, right? Oh, it's because the hardcover came out then. Ah, (laughs) well, shit. January twenty twelve. Yeah. God, it's like that makes no sense. But definitely okay. So I can now tell you, just so I looked it up, uh, by issue twenty-one of Fatal, it was down fourteen thousand.
0: Yes, fourteen thousand. And no,
1: issue one, issue one launched. Like series launched at twenty thousand.
0: Oh, okay. All right. Well, then I I thought it was much larger than usual. Also.
1: Looking yep. back, looking back at the market of twenty twelve of January twenty twelve is hilarious. Yeah, because what is around, around Fatal Thunderbolts and Frankenstein Agent of Shade? I completely forgot that Frankenstein Agent of Shade existed. Oh Jesus, yeah, fuck. Didn't you? Yes, Batman I did. Odyssey.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, Batman Odyssey. Yeah. There we go. Yep. So there were still some classics that were being published. Uh yeah.
1: I Magneto, not a hero. Was that the is that the Magneto in in the the concentration camp comic? Probably. I mean probably. Well so but interestingly enough, I
0: think if you look at the most recent issues of Killer Be Killed, I think they're selling around twenty thousand.
1: So, yeah, that, that's just it. Like they they have their very dedicated audience who does exactly what they're supposed to.
0: Well, and slides the scale from between I think sixteen to twelve thousand up to twenty thousand. Uh, I I really do feel like there was something that I could have sworn launched really big for him because it happened in the middle of all that stuff. But
1: eh, guess what I, is, I, I honestly right. I thought that Vital was their big launch. I have to. Balance. Yeah, I thought it was oh, the no, same wait, Fade out was the big launch. What was? Oh, was fade, fade, fade? out? Was it? Let's see when did fade out come out <laughs> August 20 okay August 2014 which really does sound like a better date Yeah for that
0: image. does that does sound like more of what the image nuttiness was happening
1: Okay so we've previously established that somewhere between 20 and 15,000 is yeah. a Brubaker sale Is this Brubaker right? sale That's right So let's see yeah, Fade Out 1 is 34,000.
0: There we go. That's the book. Okay, thank you. Yeah.
1: Which, and Wait, by, which the... by the way, is also surrounded, again, let's talk about crazy old series that we completely <laughs> forgot existed. Deadpool Dracula's Gauntlet. There are no oh. less than three issues of that around oh, Fade Out. Jesus.
0: Wow. Was that, was that when? so that, was that when Marvel was doing their whole, like, vampires x-men and vampires oh, no, it's no, gonna no, be no, big
1: was, no 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 that was that like was farther back somewhere. yeah okay all right
0: <laughs> having
1: no sense yeah but the fade, out, the fade the sold the fade is sold really well Looks like
0: well initially i think if you if you jump ahead to its final issues i think it might be back down to regular brewbaker phillips levels i think though
1: well, then let's do that. Yes, well, let's. Let's, let's look at this final issue. When did the fade out finish?
0: Oh, shit. I should know this. Is it issue 14? Uh, Judging
1: 2016. Uh-huh. There we go. Okay, so. so. So, place your bets. How much do you think? Uh, I, uh I'm I'm going to put place my bets at uh, 17,000. 17? You think it lost half its uh, audience? Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So close, 16. Ah, see, there we go.
0: Mm Yep. Wow. Yeah, so, so there you go. I think they start new projects. But again,
1: that, yeah, yeah, that's, we've just like made our our case. Mm -hmm. So Brew Baker and Phillips have a core audience of around 15,000 readers.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and they- Again.
1: This is Comic Con numbers. It's only including the North American markets. There's probably plenty more uh, readers in Europe and the UK. Right. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah.
0: And also, Brew Baker and Phillips are very, very good about getting this stuff into trade and pushing the trades. Um And yeah. they have they have a they have a shelf. You know, those guys really have continued to do a. Well, at this
1: fine. they really do. They've got what Scene of the Crime sleeper. Mm-hmm. Um, Criminal. Uh, crim- yeah, which incognito fade out fatal like that. That's, I mean, that's an amazing lineup, really.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm really enjoying killer be killed. I think killer be killed has the potential to be to keep to stick. Cause you, cause when I say that it's 20,000, it's 20,000 readers at issue 10, which is really good for, for them. Normally they have, and unless they are losing, like it's attrition um you know like they're down from like 28 or something like that which is quite possible uh, they're they're doing quite well for where they're at in in this many issues into their run you know so so yeah it's pretty pretty cool but yeah it is we it is weird the shit that you don't hear anything about you know um like, I'm, I'm loving Rock Candy Mountain issue four, but I don't really know if there's that many people even talking about it. And I think I heard that it's wrapping at issue eight, which I don't know if that was Stark's plan all along or not, but which makes me really sad.
1: Um, uh, I remember when it launched, everyone was talking about it. Yeah. Right. Everyone. But, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, but I mean, I that's also kind of the thing. Like, how many people genuinely go, Issue four was great. Of well, anything. I know, but that's kind of the, well, Walking Dead. You know what I mean? Like, there, no, there's- No, no, but there... really, do you? Like, you hear about it when they do stunt issues, but you don't just hear, like, that random issue of Walking Dead was great. Uh, you know- Like, I can't, th- I can't think of anything that's not pulling a stunt where people are talking about it if it's not a launch. It happens, but you're right. It doesn't it
0: doesn't happen much, and I feel like it's happening less in comics and that's probably to individual titles detriment. You know?
1: It very much is, cuz that's the thing. I and uh John Lehman was talking about this when she went in. Mhm. You know, like no one talks about issue 40. Right. And it's and kind of get punished for doing a long run in a book now.
0: Yeah. Well, and that is, I think, actually, this was one of the things that Abbey talked about. Like, Phillips and Brubaker are not his jam. But A, he really appreciates the shelf aspect of it, and he also appreciates the idea that they basically keep coming up with new ideas. Like, one of the things that really mystified him about um, a lot of these image creators, a, a lot of the Marvel people jump into image, is is that they didn't just do, like... A quote you know, a, a six issue or 12 issue, like story, and then jump and create a new story, you know, and then move on to the next story. Like, he really does give Brubaker, and I would have to say that in a way, Remender has done that. Remender has created several different issues About, at him. Yeah, and, and, yeah, and, and I'm again, not into him, but Hick- he doesn't.
1: Oh yeah, and know, Hickman, yes. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Hick- Hickman has gone uh, to lengths to mix it up that way, I guess. I, I it's so funny, you're like, and they come up with new ideas, and I was so tempted to be snarky and be like, yes, Brewer Baker and Phillips, they are always not doing the same crime book with the chain smoking femme fatale and the man who is caught in her web.
0: Nah, you, honestly, Graham, you were, you were wrong. You, if you, I mean,
1: I'm serious. I appreciate yeah, I that, but that but is somebody just, who doesn't like, actually. I dropped out books. of. I dropped out yeah. of them a long time ago because I was just like, I feel like I've read the story a yeah, bunch. Yeah, no, I get it. I totally get it. I don't necessarily. It is totally stark, because yeah. I mm-hmm. honestly have not read. Like, I've not read *Killer Be Killed*. I read the beginning of *Fatal*. Mm-hmm. Uh, I possibly read the beginning of *The Out Right. But yeah, like, and but even then, like, if we go back to *Fatal*, that again was five years ago. Mm-hmm. So I am at least five years out of date when it comes to Brubaker and Phillips.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So... So it know. is just
0: Snark for the sake of Snark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is which is fine. But I really did feel like, yeah, I, I got to kind of
1: call you on that one. So, gosh, we're almost out of time. What a weird I rambling. We have managed to meander for two hours. We really did. I think did. Actually kind of impressive. Yeah,
0: it's true. I think it's a new record for us. Uh... There's, there's actually a few other things that I didn't actually get to talk about. Um, oh, talk about them. Okay. Very quickly, uh, I, I was actually, I picked up the first issue of Motor Girl. Have you heard of
1: Motor Girl? I haven't. I don't know why.
0: Yeah. It is, it's, it's Terry Moore's new book. Terry Moore from Strangers, uh, in Paradise or Strangers in
1: Paradise. Oh, I then I right. definitely haven't. I'm actually looking at it right now in this rings no bells. So I must have been thinking of this.
0: I literally came across it while sort of trying to look through the indie comics section on comixology, which I do every so often, and uh, God bless him, uh, more it looks like, um, publishes his books at three ninety nine and then at some point in the future drops them down to a buck ninety nine. So I had no qualms about um spending two bucks for the first issue of Motor Girl to see what it was. It's drawn by more whose art I really like. And the first two thirds of it almost reads as if Greg Rucka was writing angel in the ape. Um, and, and I'm not even really kidding on that. And then the last I, I'm
1: really curious as to whether you mean that as a compliment or not, uh,
0: you know, I'm curious about it too. Honestly, uh, as you know, I'm, I run hot and cold on Rucka. Uh, I'm, I'm okay with kind of a, I think, I think honestly, if you ask more, it's, he's drawing from different influences. And if you wanted me to be full of t- total snark, I'd be like, and those influences are once again, the Hernandez brothers, but I don't know if that's, uh, that's entirely <laughs> fair to be, to, to be honest.
1: Hey, if I, if I could do cheap brew baker and Philip snark, which yeah, right, right. you could totally, you could definitely do Terry Moore snark.
0: Well, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. And it is one of those strange. Like, I I don't know if that would be appropriate or not. Uh, So, yeah, Rock County, Candy Mountain number four, I thought was great. Um, I read the first volume of Wave, Listen to Me, by Hiroaki Samura, uh, who is the artist who did, does Blade of the Immortal and also Das Wehrgolder, the book that I read last year and loved and have been waiting for the second volume for pretty much 14 months now. If it's ever going to come out. Wave Listen to Me Volume 1 is, uh, supposed to be kind of a romantic comedy about a young woman who becomes a radio star, uh, but it is so ridiculously meandering in the first volume, um, that you kind of get the sense that, uh, that, uh, he, Samura does not take the, the, the idea at all seriously, but just basically kind of, he, based on the stuff that I saw on Das Vöergelder, he's a big fan of drawing women drunk, basically. And that seems to be most of volume one in a way that is really actually very charming and enjoyable. So, uh, I, I actually dug it. It's a shame we're out of time. Next time you and I will have to talk about the book Manga Poverty by, uh, Sato, Sato, uh, Shuo, who, I swear to God, somebody recommended to us, but I couldn't find it in comments or an email. Um, so unless it was
1: maybe two Well, manga at us. still exists 10 years from now. Yeah. Exactly. I'm, I'm looking at the, the Amazon page of all things. Yeah, you should, you should grab it, Graham. You should grab it and it's read it. It's super cheap, so I, I think I'm going to.
0: Yeah, it's, it is a relatively short book. It's about 80 pages and it is, uh, Shuo talking about, um, the publication figures for manga and talking about manga poverty and it is eye-opening it, it's a book that he wrote relatively recently and was translated by into english by dan luffy i think even more re- recently i wish i only wish it is one of those books that brian hibbs didn't does not even know he needs because
1: it's it's surprisingly old for you talking about that yeah, it
0: really is. Well because it came in twenty thirteen. Yeah. Yeah yeah yeah. Because um Shuo's the book is actually cobbled together, um and I I I you know it's a shame because I know that Luffy probably explained it or Shuo did as well. But the book itself talks about Shuo's decision to more or less launch a manga web portal for manga artists to publish directly and bypass print publication. And in doing so, he talks about the statistics of how bad, not only how bad manga is doing, but basically how badly, um, manga artists are treated by the publication and publishing industry in a way that is shockingly familiar for anyone who's familiar with, uh, American publication schedules. um, Mm -hmm. Very,
1: very interesting. I find this I find this particularly interesting because – and I'm sure you – actually, if you've not been on Twitter recently, you might not have seen this. There's been a resurgence of if only American comics were more like manga, then there would be a healthy American comic industry. Yep. Yep. Which seems – every time I see it, it's like, well, that's amazingly reductive and also wrong. When
0: you read this book, you find out it is super wrong
1: yeah but it's 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 always fascinating but the thing that's always fascinating to me about it is it's always there's always at least like two or three smart people who say it mm -hmm. and i'm always like but you do know better
0: but well there's just a variety they 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 say they know better you know what i mean like they really like we need to we need to talk
1: about uh, this. Let me read, let me read this book In the next episode yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll talk about this in depth. Cause, yeah, cause I, I, I think both, you'll be both like... of us are going to have, have, mm-hmm. have things. Yeah. Actually, you know what I should also read before that episode? It, the, um, the, God, I can't remember the name of it. You were talking about it t- two episodes ago. Um, my lesbian experience uh, with loneliness. No, 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 no. The, uh, the, the manga creator talking about how to make manga. Oh yeah, Manga and Theory and
0: Practice by yes. Uh, by yes, yeah. yeah Hirohiko Araki. You should definitely read that. That would be wonderful. Yeah,
1: I should I should read both those, and then we should mm-hmm. talk about those next time. Yes, yeah. Myself I, I Holmark, how did that work out? <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Yes. I didn't do that well at all. <laughs>
0: Well, anyway, Graham, one last thing before we go that I wanted to mention to you, and I was going to mention it to you when we were off air, but I might as well mention it on air in case anyone was wondering, remember how um, I think it was just last week I patted myself, uh, ourselves on the back for having all of the episodes of our podcast up and available on iTunes? Are Um, they all gone? They're not all gone. What happened is, (laughs) listeners, for those of you who may or may not remember, uh when we were recording, there was a point when we were coming up on our hundredth episode, which is hard to keep track of because it's the, because my uh numbering uh was so insane in the beginning. We'd have like four episodes that were like 1.1, 1.2, 1.3, 1.4, et cetera. That's and, because
1: we were having one conversation and we were splitting them into yeah, like four, four different minutes, 30
0: minutes chunks. And people were like, this is crazy. Why don't you just do it as one? And we'll be like, no one would want to listen to that. And, uh, We've more or less proven ourselves right. So, but we're coming up on 100 episodes and you were like, oh man, you can only have 100 episodes up on uh, iTunes because you were talking about, I think there were a lot of other comics podcasts that all capped out around like 100, which one of them was like, I think you were going by uh, maybe Tom versus the Flash,
1: I think. Um, I, all yeah, all I remember was there was definitely podcasts that were just disappearing. Like yeah. they would have new episodes, but they would mean the older episodes disappeared.
0: Exactly, and we were like, "Oh shit, what are we going to do when that happens?" And we we're like, "We'll have to think about like maybe we'll put archives up, or we'll we'll give away CDs for, you know, however sell CDs." We didn't know, so. Uh, and then it turned out that iTunes did not have the 100-episode limit, that that 100-episode limit was actually tied to a lot of external hosting services. I want to say, like, Libsyn, but whoever was, oh, House to Astonish were on. Like, there were a lot of – there was a real popular podcast um, hosting service that, that did a lot of them, but capped it at 100 because we actually hosted ours ourselves. It kept growing, except apparently iTunes – has topped out at 300 episodes and oh so, really? yeah and so for people people who uh know this are we, past,
1: are we past 300 episodes
0: we're well past it because we're our 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 episode count on itunes starts at uh wait what episode nine and goes up to our current issue uh episode
1: we totally should have done something to celebrate nine episodes ago I know, right? Well, it's
0: hard because, of course, our our counting is is that we don't count the. Of course, we host. We Baxter. don't. We don't
1: count the Baxter buildings.
0: Yes. Except we. Except we kind of do.
1: We kind of do and like, kind
0: of should because they're on this. They're. We're going to have to podcast.
1: have a, a Marvel Legacy style relaunch and with new numbering. Clearly. We should.
0: Clearly. Clearly. Yeah, we should – that would be great if, like, next episode was episode 311.
1: 700. Yeah, 722. <laughs> and twenty-two. And we're like, what? We're like – we're counting. We're counting uh, from
0: our first conversation with each other, not from when we started recording.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we're counting all those times Jeff and I go out for dinner and we don't talk and <laughs> we don't record it.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah, that would be great. We'd be way up there then. Anyway, so, yes. So, okay. I just wanted to tell you, Graham, and everyone else – for those who are wondering, when we were going to hit episode 300, it was a while ago.
1: <laughs> now, now I know. Surprise! Surprise. Oh. Shit, Jeff. Yeah, I know. Isn't that crazy? That's really Especially because crazy. we didn't used to do it weekly. No. Oh, yeah. Like, there was a while where we did it, like, and there was long distances between recording.
0: Well, the first, I want to say those first nine or ten episodes really were, like, that might have been the other thing. We would talk for two hours and we'd only do it once a month. And then I would chop up the episodes into like weekly episodes, I think, or something like that, or maybe two episodes a week. I forget which. And then we would talk again. But it really, there was some point where it turned and then we began doing it really close to weekly. Um,
1: we did it, we did it essentially weekly for a while. Yeah. For for I, 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 I'd even doubt like record. three weeks of every month is essentially weekly. It's, it's really close and
0: we're right on target. We actually are, I, I'm pretty proud of ourselves, but yeah, 300 episodes in the space of what I think has been like, what, seven years now? Cause we more or less jumped to doing this. We jumped to Patreon more or less right at our five year anniversary. Right. So. And I guess it's I guess so it's been two and a half years. It's probably been seven and a half years, three hundred episodes that's that's kind of cool It's kind of cool, kind of shocking, but cool.
1: what we're saying is anyone who stayed with us that long, thank you very much. yeah, you are great. we
0: super appreciate you, and we're gonna have to figure out what we're gonna do now that it looks like our episodes are gonna start disappearing and Let me just say that is only um if you follow it through iTunes if you have. Uh, a different if you can subscribe if you subscribe directly to our rss feed with a different um podcasting service or player uh You've got access to the full thing. It's, it is all up there. It's just. You say
1: that like someone's gonna go back and listen to us seven years ago.
0: You know what? Honestly, God bless him. I'm sorry if I screwed up your name. Levi Tompkins, he started listening. He was like a relatively new listener within the last year. He jumped to the very beginning. Listen to us. Poor, poor, (laughs) poor man. It's it's God bless anyone who listens to us past or present, or even still at the end of this episode, because we were meandering as all hell. Um yeah. Boy oh boy. So
1: <laughs> I'm supposed to have a more so focused. <laughs> it, well, uh, I'm this trying episode to, uh, demonstrates.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So why you're saying
1: this really is Waybot Legacy. We're we're this... we're as fresh as we've ever been. Oh man. That that
0: hurts Graham. That hurts so, so much.
1: Uh,
0: yeah, exactly. Mm. I love how much you keep re- – re- oh, anyway, so let's go, Graham. Well, legacy, let's, you're legacy, yeah. because
1: you're, you're trying to forget it exists. I, I am. I, I just find it funny. That's all. I'm not asking you about it. I know you don't give a shit. It's fine.
0: <laughs> Although, wow, the T-shirt thing, that T-shirt thing was like – Oh, the T-shirt are, covers? Yeah, I really was. It's, I was I, like to – They're trolling us now, right? That's what it feels like. I'm so glad I wasn't the only one who had this.
1: For people who don't know what this is, you may or may not know that Marvel is doing uh, right now Jim Lee trading card art from 27 years ago variant (laughs) one. Where all of the Marvel comics are going to have Jim Lee trading card art from 27 years ago. Why? Because it allows them to say we have Jim Lee variant covers even though it's trading card art from 27 years ago. That seemed nuts. But this week Marmelinus, they're doing T shirt art yeah. from the nineteen sixties as yeah. very increased for the- grant Oh Matt. Yeah. I mean it's it's don't get me wrong, it's it's like it's cute t shirt art. It is nonetheless T shirt art from nineteen sixty three. Well, and most of that is just redone art from Purpose. the interiors of the Kirby covers. Art. Yeah, yes.
0: exactly. Yeah. K- Kirby and Ditko in a few places. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, I guess this should be Spider-Man, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's Doctor Strange. I think it's a Doctor Strange Ditko, unless I'm mistaken and it's like, cause it looks different. It might have been Johnny, Cr- Johnny, John Severin? No, Johnny Craig? Like, who popped up on, anyway, it's
1: probably Ditko. That's let me, let me look that. this up. There are nine comics. Yeah, nine. What the hell nine are these people to thinking? Be Amazing Spider-Man seven eighty nine, Avengers six seventy two, Hulk seven hundred nine, Invin- Invincible Iron Man five ninety three, Mighty Thor seven hundred x Men Blue thirteen, Daredevil five ninety five, Marvel Two in One issue one, and Doctor Strange issue three eighty one.
0: Yeah,
1: and it's the Doctor Strange one. Yeah. yeah, it's. I mean, it's just. I'm looking at these covers now. It, they're. They're just... It's kinda of ludicrous. It's kinda, it's... And it really is repurposed art, like the Amazing yeah. Spider-Man one. It definitely is. Yep. And I don't know if it's... Do you have copies of these images? And if not, I should send you the P, the PR email so you can have it. That would be great. Why don't you send it my way?
0: Cause I think I only saw it at like Comic Speed or something. I don't remember if it was the full range of images or not.
1: But, but um, it's, it's... What's wacky about it is... It's obviously newly colored art, but it's including the coloring mistakes of the, I guess, original t-shirts. Yes, like with Doctor Strange's hands.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Or Daredevil's face is bright red. Yes, right. Right? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's the weirdest, I mean, it's the strangest thing. I don't know, again, who the market for this is. I guess, Although it says, I guess. it says original 1960s art in the, the PR. So maybe maybe they're claiming that it's not repurposed.
0: No, it's original
1: 1960s art from the comics. You know, I guess the purpose is t-shirts. Yeah. But that's just it. It's not even the real t-shirts. It's yeah. just the art. It's not got the slogans that appeared in the t-shirts. Right, right. Like there it's, was a slogan uh-huh. on the back of the Hulk shirt, I think,
0: or something like that. There was so,
1: definitely a slogan uh, that went with the the thing image as well.
0: Mm, mm-hmm. Oh my god! What if they do the Marvel stickers? That might be hard for me. You know they they did those Marvel stickers that I adored that that would have yeah, if, like
1: if these if the get good sales figures, you know they're going to. That's, and honestly... then they're going to be like, it's going to be like, do you remember the glasses from the nineteen seventies? <laughs> we're going to use the art that. Oh It's my our God. Marvel variant month. No, they're oh, you. Man. know they're going to. No, I know. I know they're going to.
0: And uh, I mean, I didn't know they were going to be until they did this T-shirt thing.
1: And like I said.
0: I just, I don't, I find it actually kind of weirdly repugnant at this point, so.
1: Well, it, it's just, I mean, there's, I don't find it any more repugnant than the Jim Lee trading cards, I have to admit. Oh, well, I did about the Jim Lee trading cards, because that's bullshit. Oh my god. Because when you did that, yeah, I was just like, oh my god, that's astounding. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's astounding that they're doing, like, a line-wide thing based on fucking trading card art from 27 years ago. Well, like you said. That's mind-boggling to me. Yeah,
0: yeah. Because it it is it's, it is, it is is so, um, I mean, it it borders on duplicitous, you know, in a way, because it's sort of, and I mean, I guess they're thinking like, well, hey, if you haven't seen those cards, it's new Jim Lee art to you,
1: you know, but. No, but they're not, that's just the thing. They're not even saying it's new Jim Lee art. They're literally like, do you remember these cards? You fucking love these cards. Right. No. Well, yeah. No, I, uh, it's, it is. It's, a, it's, that's it's. That's it's fucking fucking fuck 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 like you said it feels like trolling it really does right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah Uh, absolutely do i still have that email or not from marvel i don't think i do no i don't ah i I keep on thinking i like i should just save all the marvel emails you should (laughs) at some point i'm going to want to complain about them Uh, dude you should totally write a book about them
0: you should totally, I think people should totally save all the PR from this period of Marvel because it is going to be, if someone should write a, you know, uh, uh, an anonymous shitty tell-all uh, that they publish on the Kindle or hey, like for Amazon. Marvel, or something.
1: Marvel has just basically demolished its own PR department. If there's a market for a shitty tell-all, it's from the PR people who aren't with the company anymore.
0: Yeah, which would be great if they had the nerve to do it, but most of them don't. How many
1: PR people do you think Marvel Publishing has right now, Jeff? How many? One. What? I'm not making that up. Who'd they get rid of? Jim uh, – so they got rid of Crystal Lando, mm-hmm. like a few months or a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. They hired in someone, uh, Andre Tower from EW. Mm-hmm. They just got rid of Jim Tabarelli. Hmm. Who was, who was the head of PR? There's now only one PR person at Marvel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which would be, you know, great if it wasn't the fact that Marvel is publishing, what, 80 comics a month, shall we say? Yeah. No. After Legacy, Legacy's only fifty comics, so let's add another 10. Mm-hmm. So let's say like, let's say somewhere in 65 comics a month. Uh, and, uh, is a week away from San Diego.
2: Mm-hmm. hmm
1: Yep. Great time to only have one PR person. Mm-hmm. Especially when you are rolling out a relaunch. Yep. Yeah. That's not bad timing at all.
0: Yeah. Well, because honestly, I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, God. See, this is why we meandered for hours. Like, you go and you look at that, and it's just like a, it it's pretty hard to not turn into – You know, I don't know, just, you know, I feel like we, I feel like we complained enough on all the previous episodes, you know, so it's like, here's a brief, you know, up Marvel
1: toxic swamp update, still toxic, you know, so. (laughs) Whereas I have, I've got to admit, really enjoyed this meandering episode because it really is so close to San Diego that this, like, this is exactly where my mind is at right now. Random meandering like, fold the roll around right. various subjects. Various subjects, this, this yeah. Is, this is exactly where I am. Mm-hmm. This was mm-hmm. great. As a mental uh, snapshot in what you were capable of. This right, is perfect, exactly. You know? We are going to be back in two weeks, what not. We are taking net, not next week, uh, but the following week off as well. Am I correct yes. in saying that? Well, that's what I'm saying. We're going to be back in three weeks because... Three, no, that's true. Yeah. We are taking two weeks off. We will be back in three weeks. You're yes. entirely right um because next week is san diego comic-con and i will be a week from now probably crying in a hotel room somewhere <laughs> just being just like rolled up in a ball weeping um as will before- i but i'm not going to
0: san diego comic-con so yeah, it's yeah kind of that's
1: amazing. just expand yeah. like your saturdays pretty much recording. that pretty much is when
0: we're not recording like time to go to a hotel room and weep
1: that is really close to true actually that's kind of shame all right anyway <laughs> And then the following Saturday, mm-hmm. uh, Jeff is going to be recovering from major surgery. Uh,
0: no, not, that's not that surgery. That,
1: I mean, that's well, not, not that Saturday. Yeah, no, no, oh, no, that's, no that's, just, that's the following one, isn't it? That's yeah. months afterwards. Yep, yep. Yep. Okay. So even, even better, at <laughs> some point in August, Jeff will be recovering from major surgery. <laughs> that's right.
0: Yeah. Schedule's going to be a little weird for everyone. Uh, I hope, I hope whatnot you are incredibly patient with us. If you made it this far into the episode, you clearly are, but, uh, the consolation prize is as I mentioned on our Twitter, this is our fifth episode in five weeks. So Which
1: is nuts.
0: Yeah, that's kind of crazy. That's kind of crazy. So two weeks uh, off. We'll see you
1: in August and then uh there'll be an August I, I, I episode was, and then next I was week. also gonna say anyone who's concerned about our schedule, uh it's also worth saying Jeff is going to be recovering from major surgery. Yeah. I feel you can't really begrudge that. Yes. I feel mean, I mean, you can't be like, why didn't you guys record anyway? Surgery, you guys. <laughs> you know, I, but part of me thinks like, see, this is the nope. problem
0: is this. I, I, nope. I'm like, it could be awesome. I, no. It would be great if
1: you were like, so, I, I would, I Jeff, this is our first time. Be in... In yeah, I, I'd be genuinely worried. In all seriousness, I'd be genuinely worried. I know. Uh, it would just, be fun. Just, to, just where you would be at in general. Like really, yeah, it's, it's not something we're going to do. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> just 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 gonna tell you.
0: This Nugget episode, done. Graham McMillan puts his foot down.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, no, no, you're right, Graham. No one needs to hear you in pain and on medication at the same time.
0: I think that would be amazing. one or the other. See,
1: one I think or the other. the the problem
0: The problem is is that I think that I would just be kind of quiet and. I mean, you know, I'm a little brain dead this episode, but like, I'd be like really brain dead. And you'd be like, so Jeff, can you believe it? They're fucking doing a postage stamp variant. And I'd be like,
2: uh huh.
0: You know what I mean? And that would not, but- What's the stamp? Yeah, exactly. But if I got really excited and then I pulled a stitch or something, like yelling, cause I mean, that's pretty much what Edie thinks is happening half the time when I'm talking to you anyway. <laughs> I think it would be really great. I'm like, they're fucking doing what? The venom? I, oh, oh my God, I'm bleeding. Oh God, Graham, okay, I gotta go. That would be. That would be the best.
1: I, I gotta go on then, because the shoe, you'd be like, wrap things up, and you stay on the phone while yeah, I'm I like- I totally would. I'd be like, you're find us, please! <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> I think it's slipping like, out more! Oh, oh god! <laughs> <laughs> See? That would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. We have, we have to start recording, cause this is getting, like, we're both getting nuts now. Right? <laughs> I really am going to wrap things up while Jeff is unravelling over there. I'm going to tell you, the show notes of this episode are going to be made by laughing Jeff Lesnar. <laughs> <laughs> and they'll be on Come on. <laughs> Come on! Come on! Okay, 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 okay. Oh, man. They're going to be on com. We also have a Tumblr, waywapod.tumblr.com. And I'll say right now, I have no idea what's going to happen to that this week because San Diego's happening and I don't know if I'm going to do some before I leave and program ahead of time or if Jeff's going to take over if it's going to be really quiet for a while. I apologize for whatever happens. I'll just lay that out there right now. Um We also have a Twitter account at Wait what Podcasts. Jeff has a Twitter account solo at LazyBastid at L-A-Z-Y-B-A-S-T-I-D. I am on Twitter, so at Graham M, at G-R-A-E-M-E-M, mm-hmm. and we are a Patreon-supported podcast, which if Jeff has stopped laughing, and I think you have unless you've put yourself on mute, oh. you can do the Patreon spiel right now.
0: Yes. Yes. We uh, are incredibly grateful to everyone who support throws us a little bit of dash over on Patreon. Um, it really means a lot to us. Uh, as you know, this podcast comes to you um, heavily rambly uh, and barely edited and not quite coherent, but 100% commercial free um, and clearly done with a lot of love and at um, uh, almost a terrifying length. Well over 300 episodes, as you may well have heard. Um, and like I said, that is very much due to a wonderful group of people who have managed to make this all possible uh, including the kind crew at American Ninth Art Studios and Empress Audrey, Queen of the Galaxy, to whom we're especially grateful, uh, for their continuing support of this podcast and for not crushing us in their mighty galactic paw. No names needed. Uh, yes. Thank you very much, everyone. And Graham, you're right. I did have to mute myself because I continued to
1: laugh and snort while you were talking. So. You're welcome. See, but that's the professionalism. You did it, and so I could get through that whole thing. We're a good team, Jeff. We, we are, Graham. <laughs> Let, let's, just, let's just put that out there. We're a good t- 300 episodes in, I think we've locked this shit down. I think you're right. I think I of just... somewhere around 308. I think we were like, this is it. <laughs> that's it. got sad. it. Exactly. You know what? I think this is going to work out. Yeah. I'm always saying this is it. What we actually meant was it's not going to get any better. <laughs> <laughs> this is it. That would be great. It's all downhill from now. <laughs> uh. exactly. This is as good as it gets. you guys. <laughs> we will be back in three weeks. Think good thoughts of me when I am slowly losing my shit in San Diego, and think good thoughts the following week because Jeff's not having surgery. But just think good thoughts for Jeff anyway. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's he's a sensitive it's guy. True. He needs it's that surgery. Sort of it's true. We are all just beautiful people.
2: Bye.